Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. It's always that one time you need a defense attorney and you just don't know who to call, right? Well, I'm telling you, Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, he's the best in the business when it comes to a defense attorney. And he's a former prosecutor, so he knows the other side of the courtroom. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states. If you need Manny, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. He stops by the show twice a month. Got any questions? Leave it on our hotline, 404-369-3825, or on our social media off podcastthebs.com. One of the great things personally that I love about Dave Flashner with Stockton Mortgage, and I know a lot of you that have gone to Dave Flashner with Stockton Mortgage, is that when his phone rings, he answers it. That's important. You're making a huge decision, a huge choice when you purchase a property, especially if it's your first property. Your hands are shaking. Dave Flashner is the guy to go to with Stockton Mortgage. Plus, right now, when you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll be automatically entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. That's one prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500. That's $2,500 per month in 2023. That's awesome. How do you get a hold of Dave? 561-951-0984. 561-951-0984. Or you go to Stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. Stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., Offering virtual sessions. If you can't get to the Georgia stops, the website, markwelltherapy.com. Again, markwelltherapy.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. (laughs) And by God, this is the BS. All right, there it is, episode 66 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors Studio, sponsored by Stockton Mortgage. That man, Dave Flashner, he's there for you. 561-951-0984. Stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. Plus, when you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll automatically be entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. <laughs> One prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly Mortgage payment up to, wait for it, $2,500 per month in 2023. It's a win-win situation with Dave the Flash Flashner and Stockton Mortgage. Nader Tater Vaders in Mexico. Hello, Nader Taters. Hola, buenos dias. How you guys doing? Good. Brandon in the Bunker Studios there back at Noonan. What up, fools? I got Jill, uh, our social media 
What do we call her? Social media ambassador, correspondent, correspondent. That sounds good. Something like that. You, you like correspondent or ambassador? I like correspondent. Because ambassador would be like somebody you don't know that you just hire by getting into their DMs and then promising <laughs> free T-shirts or something. A little bit more than an ambassador, I'd like to say. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. You're doing a great job. You will be. Uh, you'll be known now as our social media correspondent. You I are a promotion. You are. Yeah. You are. A, you are <laughs> SMC. We'll shorten it. You're our SMC. Love it. People will uh, start to jump on that. Uh, I'm sure they will. Good morning, guys. <clears throat> there you go. Mac Development Group, big thanks to them for sponsoring the BS. If you're looking to build your dream cabin or mountain home in western North Carolina, you need to get a hold of the fine folks at Mac Development Group. Let them be your one-stop shop. I kid you not. Right now they're booking for full-time builds. And when I say one-stop shop, their team handles everything for you from their land, uh, your land acquisition design, general contracting, and building. Literally, you just have to get a hold of them and say, I want my dream cabin, uh, and they'll do the rest. MacDevelopment.com, M-A-C-K, development.com. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's been my birthday week, and uh, which I don't celebrate birthday weeks, but for some reason my family does. Um, but my party last weekend, <clears throat> you know, Brandon, as we've all learned, from last episode was a fucking mess, which is not a shocker. You know, he's now officially banned. I mean, he's you, dude, I've got to tell you, you really have to do something special if you want to get off the banned list for my house. Like go get pizza. I was just thinking that I was like, I know exactly what he has to do. If you were to get, okay, I'll, I'll make a deal with you, dude. If you, if you were to get Gino's pizza before they close down, out of Wingate, North Carolina, my go-to for two straight years. If you were to get that, I would highly consider taking you off of the Bailey band list. I'll see what I can do. Maybe I'll ride my bicycle out there and I can, like, Peter Parker it, just put it on the back of the bike. There's ways to do it. I mean, you can accomplish anything. I mean, like, I even think Uber now will pick up in another state. It might cost you. But it just, you know, you got to ask yourself how important is it is to come back to my house. <laughs> We're going to have a you know, big blowout soon, maybe, and everybody's here and having a good time. And Def August is here and you're not. Uh, it's going to sting a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Did you say you had a, you're going to have a blow-up slide? Uh, no, I said we're going to have a blowout, you know, just oh, okay. for, for, for a big, crazy, wacky, zany party. It's a, it's a blowout. Would a blow-up slide make it more enticing for you to go to North Carolina? <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? We're kicking around the idea of having a blow-up slide. <laughs> Not just <All> for right. kids. <laughs> Nate's seen the blow-up slide parties. I mean, he just couldn't leave the house at that time. Yep. Blow-up slides or goats there. It was great. <laughs> so, uh, he, you know, when he leaves the house, he's the only, you know, when Nate gets, we everybody's got a thing when they get drunk. I mean, it's, that's why you're drunk, right? You're intoxicated. You're a fairly different person. Nate has, uh, since he gets drunk so often, it, it's just like him in a slowed down version, right? When you're around him and he's fun and he's, he's, he's actually more squishy <laughs> when, when Nate, when Nate's drunk and, and, and it takes a minute for Nate to get drunk. I mean, he just doesn't drink and get drunk. Brandon, on the other hand, when Brandon gets drunk, it's almost instantaneously, it's, it's, he's, give me a bud, give me my second bud light. <laughs> and he's a different person. There's a, I mean, everything's different about him. There's a different scent. There's a different Southern draw. There, everything is there. I even think his clothes change somehow. Everything is different about Brandon when he gets drunk. Uh, and you can see it a mile away. 
And he slurred. I mean, you, Brandon, I'm not saying anything out of line, right? You know these things. You've been told these things. You see these things. Yeah, sounds about right. Okay. People tell me I get to a point and then my face just like goes blank. And I'm just like, they're like oh, yep, he's drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like now where your camera's going blurry. So <laughs> you have kind of that uh, redneck melty face. You know, I always talk about the middle-aged women in downtown Roswell on Thursday nights. They have the melty face after they have too much wine. <laughs> it just looks like the guy from... Uh, the first Indiana Jones when he's just melting because the uh, the arc is <laughs> the arc's open. There's ah, that's what you look like. Uh, so um, he uh, he leaves. All right, <clears throat> you're you're gonna have to do some of those ice cubes because the mic's. Picking I know. It up. I'm sorry. I was trying to be as quiet you, as I could. If you want to sip, you're gonna have to. I'll get you a straw, or you're gonna have to Where's go all straws? the way over. They're, they're at my bar. Do you want to go up and grab a straw? Yeah. Okay. Is that cool? On. I know. I'm sorry. I was yeah, trying so to be quiet. BRB guys. Driving me nuts. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll make sure I have straws down here if you're going to make this a habit. Just have to send her out for straws. That's okay. Be quiet. Everybody's sleeping. All right. Thank you. We record early. Anyway. Um, so uh, so Brandon has to so Brandon has to leave, right? Because I've kicked him out. I've kicked everybody out, right? And, right. And he can't drive. So to their credit. Young guys, not knowing or knowing well enough not to get behind the wheel of a car. I wouldn't have let you drove. I thought August could drive, actually. I probably would have let August drive. But he's the one that said, you know, I've had too much. I can't tell when August is drunk. He's the same guy. He talks the same, too. Yeah, I've never yeah, noticed the difference in him. Yeah, have you ever seen Def August drunk, like, to the point where you're like, that dude's drunk? No? Me? Anybody. Oh, man, I definitely have, yeah. Does he get different than what he is? Yeah. He's like falling over and doesn't know where he is half the time. Oh, okay. Well, I, he's joking around. He's saying things like, did you guys hear that? <laughs> Actually, he can talk perfectly and he can hear perfectly when he gets drunk. <laughs> he has a British accent. So August uh, August just didn't come across as, as, as drunky drunk, right? Now, Nate, you've seen me intoxicated, correct? Yeah. Okay. Correct. Well, well, how would you explain? I don't think Brandon's ever seen me drunk. I know Jill's never seen me drunk. We've never seen Jill drunk because this relationship with Jill's new. We look forward to seeing Jill drunk, though. It's uh, fun. Nate, how would you explain <laughs> me when I've had too much alcohol? Uh, I would say you are the opposite of what you described me as. I think you get more energetic. You get like a little kid and you're like, let's go in the backyard and eat fucking popsicles and sit in the hot tub. You know, it's just like, ah, I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you get a little more, uh, you know, let's go. Where are we doing? Where are we going? <laughs> well, there's two, there's two different drunks to me. There's that drunk. You're, you are correct. And then there's the, I just totally shut down drunk. And I'll usually have the totally shut down drunk when I'm gambling and my wife will see it, whether I'm up or whether I'm down, there will come a point if I'm drinking a lot, which this hasn't happened lately, but before when we were really bad degenerates at the gambling, uh, it, it was, I would drink and I would power drink 10 plus vodka soda waters, six to eight shots of honey jack maybe throw in a beer, half a gummy. I mean, I was bad, right? I mean, wow. and when I say was, I'm talking like this was like last year. <laughs> so so I just shut down. You know, there will be a time, and it's usually around that 1.30 in the morning time where I, my body just shuts down. And, and so there's that's the other side of drunk to me. So, But I don't remember, I can't remember, I should say. I don't think, Nate, you're going to be able to uh, agree with this for you, but I don't lose things 
when I'm drunk. I'm actually, I think I'm more careful because I know I'm drunk and I'll stop at a point where I'm not blackout drunk because I won't ever do that to myself. I did that when I was younger, way too much, but I like, I'll say, okay, I've got this on me. I can't, I can't leave it behind. Nate, you forget shit though, right? When you're drunk. Uh, maybe used to, but I think you and I are in the same boat. We, both of our wives take care of us. So we typically don't lose things anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're like right. Rachel, Rachel's your ter- caretaker. She's always the one, you know, I mean, th- there was just a drunk video the uh, you, I guess last week. Yeah. I guess it was in the Bahamas. Um, when you had a, a thing in your, your, you had your cup in your cargo pocket and you guys were dying at yourselves laughing because <laughs> you got in the elevator and you didn't push the button and you guys thought it was the most hilarious thing, <laughs> which I probably, I'm sure it was in the situation, but so, but she was, you know, she's always following you around filming you. So taking care of you. So my wife does the same thing. The, there was uh, another drunken night just real quick. There's another, uh, I, I think she got, vid- I don't know if she got video of this or not. I know she got pictures. She posted some uh, for, for our trip. That was like the last post she did. And I was wearing that amazing baby blue with flamingo shirt, that button up shirt, which was awesome. I bought down there. Uh, anyway, so we get in the elevator and I was, she was like, let's do a, uh, we're on the 19th floor. So we had a, we had a minute until we got to the 19th floor. And she goes, let's do a photo shoot with your shirt. And this is like two o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> We're drunk. <laughs> so I start doing all these different poses and I'm like opening it. And I'm pulling it up and I'm doing, you know, I'm just being silly. And we don't realize that we had stops and the door had opened and there was a couple wanting to get on young couple. And they were just watching us. <laughs> and, I, and like when we realized it, we looked around, I go, Oh, I don't usually get embarrassed by things, but this one, I think I might be a little embarrassed. And they're like, no, 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 we'll get the next elevator. Thank <laughs> they wouldn't get on. They wouldn't get on the elevator with us. They're like, no, we're good. So we can finish. Yeah, we closed the door and finished our, uh, our our photo shoot. What about you, Jill? Do you, when you get drunk, um, women have a tendency to have a different drunkness than guys, and we'll get back to the losing things here in a second. I just get giggly. You just get giggly. Giggly until, well, you know, there's a certain point where it kind of, you're happy, 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 and then, like, a song can come on that makes me sad or something. I don't know, but usually I like to keep it oh, light you're, you're, you're You're one of those? Like, Aren't just, we all? Just it good- just depends. I guess it's what I'm drinking. If I'm drinking beer, it's usually fun and giggly. If I'm drinking Jameson, it can get a little dark. You're just having a really good time about 2.15 in the morning and everybody's, Not anymore. Le- everybody's left the party and Duran Duran's Ordinary World comes on in the background and you just break down and cry. That'll bring it out in you. Uh, do, you do you, every woman, I think, this is safe to say, every woman. Every single one. Every single woman goes through, uh, and don't take offense to this, a slut face. Just like guys go through a slut face. And you go through a drunk phase in order to kind of ease the pain of you knowing that you're going through the slut phase. Have you ever been through that? A slut phase or like a single phase? Or a s- slut well, phase. Slut, a, 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 a drunk slushy phase. We'll call it that. Yeah, I mean, I'm also, I'm 31, so I like to, I got that out in like my early 20s. I feel like right. that's what Brandon's about to, either going through now or about to like enter. You're absolutely, have fun. you're correct, you're absolutely right. It, it happens in your, your your early 20s. We all I've go, gone way past that though. We, I remember Nate's uh, 
drunk slushy phase. I mean, he was a good run. Yeah, he had a good, good yeah, it's a good time. I just got in. You know, I always, I always back your play on that. You, you did good. You. You had a good day at the fishing hole, man. You're pulling some big-ass bass, <laughs> except for the one <laughs> flapjack boob girl with the frozen salad <laughs> and the claw tattoos. <laughs> so Brandon leaves my house drunk with Def August with Jill and Jill's friend Benita. And Jill is not drunk at all, and neither is her friend. They were very pleasant and and, and great guests to my party. And a little giggly, right? A little you giggly. You guys were fun. You brought yeah. you brought some little spark to the party. I, I had it. a blast. And then they leave, but they're not taking Brandon all the way to his destination, which is this girl's house, Far. This, this nurse or something in the city, in Atlanta. So Jill's like, you know, go, pretty much go fuck yourself. I'm dropping you off wherever. <laughs> I will take you halfway. Right, I'll take you halfway, and you're done. So he gets out. He goes to the party. Whatever. He comes back over the next day to get his truck and uh, shows up. I text him and asked him to be here about 15 minutes prior to when he arrives. And I get here and I said, I guess you don't check your text. And it was the first words out of my mouth. And Nate, of course, he says, what? He lost his phone. Lost his phone. Well, he, he said he hadn't charged his phone. And then, uh, okay. and then we find out he lost his phone. Oh, uh, yeah. He loses his phone in the Uber, and now it's an ordeal, and it's going to take the better part of a day to try to get it out, and it's going to be on his mind. Now he has zero phone. No, this is a business owner in Noonan, Georgia, that employs numerous individuals looking for their leader, for leadership, for the next lawn to cut and the next sprinkler to sprinkle. And they can't get a hold of their boss because he was too drunk and too irresponsible. And you don't lose your phone in an Uber, by the way. That's not the proper terminology. You leave your phone in an Uber. You lose your phone in a sea of needles, right? You lose your phone in the water. You lose your phone in a haystack. You don't lose your phone in a Nissan Sentra. You just don't do it. You leave your phone there. So he leaves his phone uh, behind. Now, the question is, Brandon, did you ever get it back? Yeah, I got it. I was, uh, I pulled up my computer and I realized I could use Google Voice to call the guy. So I called him and I drove up to Loganville and met his ass. I gave him 20 bucks though. Uh, Okay. So you, Uber offers a left behind type of thing where, you know, you just, I mean, it happens to, you know, a lot of people. And I think they usually charge like 50 bucks. You, you made off pretty good. It was 15. And then I just gave him an extra 20. So you gave him 35? Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, good for you. But you had to drive to Loganville? Uh-huh, yeah. That's far. <laughs> well, like, that ain't close. Yeah, but the guy's... I wouldn't be tipping 20 bucks if I had to drive to Loganville, personally. Uh, you, you, yeah, you, why, you, why are you paying him anything? There's Nate. Because uh, he didn't, because he kept my phone and he answered the phone. He did give it back, which is nice. He could have kept it. Well, yeah, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't reward someone for doing the right thing. That's kind of shitty. He, he didn't drive it to your <laughs> house. True. You had to drive and pick it up. You got. You just gave this guy money for not being an asshole. For driving like an hour out of your way. Hold on, Jill. Don't fall for the trap. Nate's that guy. Nate is not a tipper type of guy. Yeah, like like a valet doing in Nate's eyes, he's just doing his job. Like, oh, my car doesn't have a scratch on it, and I'm supposed to tip you for doing your job. Go fuck yourself. That, that, that's fuck how, yeah, that, Nate is not a subscriber to 
to uh, to tipping at all. So don't. No, I'm a subscriber of hard work and doing the job you're paid to do. You kids today, you just want everything handed to you. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, jeez. Uh, Brandon, if it makes a difference, I would have done the same thing. I, I think that's a. I think that was very nice of you, even though you did have to drive out there. But you know what? That's your that, that's that's your fault. That's your sin, right? You've got to repent yeah. for it. You're the dumb fuck that left your phone behind. So why should that guy have to drive the? I would hold it hostage. I'd be like, you want it back? One hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred fifty dollars. One hundred fifty dollars. And then give me a tip on top of that. <laughs> if you don't reach two hundred, you're not getting your phone back. That's what I would have said. Yeah, I mean, that's how I kind of felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drove all the way up there, you know, for it. Would you guys like to guess the ten most common things people forget? In Ubers. Let me check them off. Cell phones Phones. being one one of them. Cell phones being one of them. What'd you say? Keys. Keys is on the list, yeah. I've left my keys in a Drugs. Drugs. Jewel. Or smoking device. Vapes. I'll give it to you both. Get a point. Oh, I thought you meant like the singing artist. Yes, she was left behind. (laughs) See, I'm trying to think what else I've left in an Uber. Jacket? Crooked teeth and all. (laughs) <laughs> uh, any other guesses? Uh, credit cards. Book bag. Credit cards. Hold on. Credit cards. No, but close. Purse? No, but close. Oh, yeah. Per- p- backpacks and purses. That was one. Yeah. Wallet? Wallet's another one. Yeah. All right. Candy. <laughs> Candy. No. <laughs> What about pets? Hold on. These are things that you would go back for. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this. Has someone, is pets on there? Oh, my God. I left my box of nerds on the back seat. I got to <laughs> pay the guy an extra $20 to meet him in Loganville to pick up my box of nerds. <laughs> uh, any more guesses? Animals. Animals. No, nobody's left an animal. <laughs> At least shoes. I'm sure they are. Shoes? No. Damn. I leave my shoes everywhere. Oh. Well, you know what? You guys oh, have kind of uh, gone around. I'll go close. Close is one. So, choose. That's close. I got a lot of them. Y'all got to help me out. Yeah. Nate, any guesses? Um, Children. No. <laughs> bra, bra. Or that's probably considered close. Yeah. Um, Your friend. Like if August passed out and you for, uh, Brandon forgot him. Wow, I wonder if that's ever happened. I'm sure it has. That's funny. Uh, what about sunglasses? Glasses is one of them. Yeah, very good, Jill. You got one, two and a half. Groceries. Three and a half. No, not groceries. That's a good guess, though. Hat? You would go back for groceries. Like if you took an Uber uh-huh. to Publix and they pick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, that's oh, about beer. Beer? No, not beer. No one's going to leave their beer. All right, I'll give them to you. Headphones and speakers. Mm. All right. Jewelry. Ooh. IDs and passports. I've lost my passport in an Uber. Also, uh, Uber has shared some of the weird things people left behind over the past year. Those include a pizza costume. Nate, did you leave your pizza costume behind? It's Boba Time, Apron. I don't know if that's Boba the Drink or Boba the Fett. 500 grams of caviar. Ooh, that's expensive. Some tater tots. For some reason, that's in quotations. A box of unicorn band-aids. That's a bummer. Do they report this? Or how, how, the, how the fuck do they know that somebody left a box of unicorn band-aids behind and it makes, like, the news? Somebody right now is going, holy shit, that was my box of unicorn band-aids. Damn. Uh, an employee of the month plaque. 
I don't think they forgot that. I'm sure they just probably <laughs> left it behind. <laughs> a breathalyzer, uh, a crochet strawberry, a metal leg, a oh, power no. washer, a small, this is in quotes as well, what? for whatever reason. Uh, washer. What? Power washer? <laughs> How do you leave your leg? Hmm? How do you leave a power washer in there? How do you even get that in an Uber? Uber, Uber XL, Uber Black. Leave it in the back. Uh, carrying around their pressure washer. <laughs> a small Rhino sculpture in quotes. A spray tan machine, a breast pump, and a windmill. Those are some of the other odd things left behind. Interesting. In an Uber windmill that seems a little bit larger than a power washer, does it not? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. unless it was a just a statue of one, maybe. Yeah. So here's the thing. Have you have you left things in Ubers before, especially when intoxicated? No, never. This is my first encounter. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah we don't take Ubers a whole lot, though. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you leave things behind intoxicated in general. I know that for a fact. Just yeah, because uh-huh. a, a, yeah, a lot, and you forget to charge your phone, and you forget this, and you forget this. So I do. This is kind of on the same lines as what I was talking to you the other day off air, trying to give you a older guy to a younger guy. I'm trying, this is what I told him, Nate. And I think I've had this talk with you. The big difference between you two so far is Nate, you listened to me, right? At at some point in your life and career, (laughs) you actually took a step back and you, I think it was at more of the beginning. They got to the middle and now you, you don't listen to me as much. We, we work together, but we, it's not me. You know what I'm saying. But at the beginning, when you're just this young little thing, you had no fucking clue what's going on. You're wearing your little tight plaid American Eagle shirts, and you're coming up, and you're like, hey, guys, I just banged a chick on the beach. I want to do radio. Hey. You know, you're that guy. Uh, I, I, I was, uh, you listened to me. And then I said, you know, there were a couple times, one in particular, which we don't have to give the whole story, that I pulled you aside, and I said, look, you got a lot of skill. You got a lot of talent. I like you as a person. I want you to do well but you have to sometimes miss the party. You you can't always be there, that guy. I know you want to live your life. I know you want to live in the moment, but you've also got another thing going for you that's going to be your future. And you remember that? I told you these things. It's very yeah. insightful. It, very insightful. Well, you know, I, I you know, and this is how it works. This is how life works. You, the older you get, the more you know, and you try to help people out and it's, up to them if they want to listen to you or not. We Nate, listen to it. me. Brandon so far has not listened to me. And, 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 and I try to listen to you. No, I don't think you do. Either that I or you, you haven't showered and cleaned out your ears because you like listen to me for a week and it's great. And it's, it's, it's the, it's, it's the Brandon I love. And then you go back to redneck dummy Brandon, you know, and that's the Brandon I don't like. Um, but I'm going to tell you, okay, and this is what my mentor would tell me, and this is how he would start it off, too. I always loved how he'd start it off. He said, uh, from an older guy to a younger guy, he'd always start it off like that, and I always thought that was cool. I was like, yeah, okay, you are older, and I'm younger. Makes a lot of sense, so it means you're more knowledgeable. You know. And then he would go and tell me, people that forget things often, the reason that they do that is because they're mentally lazy and weak-minded, okay? So in your case, you're not only both of those, but have a borderline alcohol problem. 
So you got a triple threat going. You got a trifecta. You got hats on the ice, right? You've got something going on that you have to kind of check yourself, dude. You know, August is not that way, and he's the same age as you are, and he's having just as much fun. He's a little older, and he used to do this. Oh, you should have seen him, you know, a few uh, months ago when he was going through his breakup. It was bad, okay? Yeah, but that was a specific <laughs> – you're not going through anything. There's no women not in really. your life. You know, you don't have any family problems. You don't have any problems. The only problems, problems. The only problems you have, Brandon, are you. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but, and, I know well, so. And the stuff around me. What, what, what's around you? What, get, rattle off some of Brandon Thrasher's problems right now, please. Well, the truck over here is fucked up, so oh. I got to go buy a U-Haul to put the machine in the back. And I don't know if you're legally allowed to do that, but I'm just going to use the U-Haul to transport it. Oh, oh my God! First world problems. I was your just truck. about to say, life get, is so hard. Get your truck. That's a bad problem. Get your truck fixed. I'm trying to. <laughs> well, how long is I'm it? in the process? Is it? It's been a broken part. for three years. No, it's just well now it's taken apart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what's was that the only problem? Uh, sort of. Yeah, at the moment, I'm sure I can think <laughs> of something else. Just a little early in the morning. <laughs> a problem is losing a life. A problem is going bankrupt. A problem is your business. You know, so um. You might not want to do this, but I, so Joel Osteen, you know, who Joel Osteen is preacher man. Yeah. He's a preacher man. Uh, he leans the Baptist side of things, but in general, Joel Osteen is kind of a motivational speaker. He just uses God and he inserts God in scripture, but for the most part, he's a motivational speaker. And, and this isn't because I'm not popping Joel Osteen because of what happened in the Bahamas. I'm not turning into some Holy roller or anything like that. I've been a fan of Joel Osteen for a very long time. When I was going through my first divorce, my best friend, uh, DJ Jeff Retro, out in Vegas at Wet Republican Hakkasan, um, he uh, he became very religious and very spiritual. He he had a, a something happen in his life, and he be, you know he he got God right? Or he got more God. Let's just say that nothing wrong with that. He's still the same cool dude still would give my life for him. Uh, still talk to him as often as possible. Uh, it's just, that's how he, something happened and that's how, who he became. And he still is to this day. And, uh, he suggested, cause I was going through a tough time. You know, when you go through a divorce, especially your first divorce, well, probably only your first divorce is most guys. It's not so much losing the woman, it's not so much losing your money. It's knowing that you're a failure and you failed at something that you're not supposed to fail at. Even with trying to get help, you failed. And that was what I was struggling with. I'm a failure and I don't like to fail at anything. And so he hands me this Joel Osteen book and I read it. It was like one of the last books I've ever read. No pictures. Fucking thing was thick as shit too. And it was really, really good. Um, it was very was the Bible. No, it's not the Bible. It's like, it's a, it's a motivational. It's, it's, it's like you just, it's very motivational. And, 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 I, and here it's totally not my MO. Cause I'm not big on motivational speakers. If you can't do it yourself, then what the fuck do you need somebody else to do it for? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I kind of run that line often in my life, but this one was different. He was really, really good. Uh, and I believed him. So that's why we're going to have Joel Osteen on uh, the third segment for better with fuck. 
uh, because somebody suggested on the <laughs> Two Percenters Facebook page. And, and I was like, I love Joel Osteen. I'm sure he'd probably sound a lot better with fucking there. But anyway, so don't be afraid to reach out and, and, and like look at sources like that to make you a better person. Because I'm telling you, it's a bigger picture, Brandon. When you forget as much shit as you do, and you have so many problems in your life, you're not realizing that those are supposed to be lessons. The universe is teaching you a lesson to be better. You can't have failure without success, right? So these things that you're going through right now, unless you listen to geniuses like myself and Joel Osteen, then you're never going to amount to anything. You're going to continue to create these same problems in your life. It's, it's habitual, you know? So, and, it, and this is all, this whole thing right here that I'm doing, it's all because your fucking cell phone was left in the Uber. I'm telling you, I can, <laughs> there's a lot you can learn about leaving your cell phone in an Uber. And, and I got, you know, I got about 30 minutes out of it. Yeah. What? I tell you, it was very peaceful the day and a half. I did not have a phone. No one bugging me. I just had to look out the window while August is driving. I felt like I was in the eighties. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's actually really nice to shut it down and get off the grid. Yeah. yeah I know. In the Bahamas, I usually do that. It's the only time out of the year I'm able to do that. It's nice. It's very you leave nice. your phone in Ubers more often. Uh, well, no, I don't. I don't leave. know about that. I don't. I don't leave. That's good, that's good advice. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't leave. Yeah, actually, you know what? If you're an Uber driver, that could be your gimmick. Leave your phone in my Uber. I'll hold on to it and give it back to you when you're ready to come off the grid. That's brilliant. Or just twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Yeah, I'll live for twenty bucks. But I'll be your I'll be your off the gritter guy. <laughs> That's what I'll do. <laughs> Get grid of the noise. Ha! There you go. There you go. Uh, Nate, do you agree with anything I just said to uh, young Brandon? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it's so much his lifestyle. I think it's just sometimes as people, you just have to do certain things like. There's certain things that I have a hard time remembering. And I just know I need to put a calendar reminder or I have like, I do a lot of lists. Like I write a lot of things down so I can check them off. Um, so I just think with Brandon's personality, he does seem to forget a lot of things. So I think he just needs to realize that and maybe come up with a system kind of like I do to, to not forget things, putting calendar reminders, you know, have notes, things so you don't forget stuff. Well, hold on. You're pump the brakes. You're going way too fast for him right now. First, let's start with opening up our emails. Okay. It's a good let's, start. Let's log into the old Google, the Gmail. All right. Be a Googler, Noogler. All right. He doesn't even do that. Remember how you would always get irritated that certain people on the show wouldn't accept the invites for things? Yeah. And I would get irritated as well because it's just kind of a dick move. He doesn't do it. No, I'm mad. I don't accept the invites. I see them. No, I'm here. I, I don't. So you see them, you just don't accept them. I, I don't. I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> That's care. That's worse. You know why I don't care? Because I don't care if you're in the interview at all, anyway. But okay, I'm, I'm using the example of you not being what Nate is saying. Like you don't even hit the accept button because you have zero respect for organization and authority and hard work. You just don't get it yet. So, but you don't understand it because right now in your head, you're going, that's not true, Jason. Shut up, you fuck. That's what you're saying in your head. <laughs> but perception is reality. If you're not doing the little things when you're part of a team, then the perception is you're not part of that team. So you can say, oh, man, I don't need to do that. I don't need to accept that. Why do I need to accept that? But you have to. Because it was sent to you. That's your responsibility now. 
You either say yes or you say no. It's just that easy. So he doesn't understand it, Nate. You I'll hit you. I'll accept really your easy. invites. No, no, no. I'll send you. I'll send you an invite to check your email every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. So I mean, that's why. I mean, I, Nate. Between me and you, I gotta be honest. I, I he might be homeless by twenty nine. <laughs> He's gonna be pounding on some plastic buckets in front of the CNN Center as we're walking out of a Taylor Swift concert. And he's going to be begging for some money, and he's going to bring Def August down with him, and he's going to have an old, crusty trombone and playing it horribly. And we're going to have to stop and give him $5, and you're going to be mad at me because you don't tip. <laughs> 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 that's the way that's going to go, I'm telling you. All right. Well, let's see if you can uh, do something right, correct, Brandon. I'm going to ask you something, all right? Because right. you were you were in charge of this. This was your responsibility to keep me posted, keep me updated on this Ozark BS boxing match. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Do you have any information on this? Yeah, I sent you that one audio, the rebuttal. You have the original, but um, Travis Thompson was putting spoilers into the group page, and Johnny Davis didn't like that mm-hmm. and sent in uh, a voicemail and now he wants to do a boxing match. So this is Travis Thompson's rebuttal. If you're about to play that, I am about to play. Thanks for the setup, Brandon. That was so professional (laughs) of you. Ironically enough, um, uh, Ruth, uh, on Ozark also plays, uh, Anna Delvey inventing Anna. And we'll have Alexis Floyd on here in our second segment who plays Neff. Uh, she steals the show. In my opinion, I specifically asked for our booker, Art Sears to get Alexis Floyd because she's like outside of Anna Delvey, she's like my favorite character. But anyway, uh, okay. So again, the players are Travis and Johnny. Johnny, Johnny. who was the original Johnny? Okay, Johnny was the original spoiler poster. No, 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 that's Travis. My bad. Okay, Travis was the original spoiler poster, and Johnny got pissed off. He left the voicemail. I don't have that voicemail, but he left the voicemail. And he said, uh, I want to I want to fuck you up. I remember that. I want to fuck you up. You, you know, you're screwing it up. And Jason Bailey's not gotten done with Ozark. I haven't gotten done with Ozark. I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to fuck you. I want to fuck you up. So this guy, this is his rebuttal, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Well, well, well. Someone got all butt hurt. Old T. Ravis dropped a little spoiler on the Facebook group about Ozark. Well, from you fucking river, y'all should have just watched it sooner like I did, and it wouldn't be no big fucking deal. I mean, shit, you know what the shit was coming out. The shit came out early. It was supposed to come out in May. They dropped that shit the last Friday in April. So y'all had all the fucking time in the world to see that shit and know what was going to happen. So I don't appreciate you motherfuckers calling me out and all this shit. I mean, sounds like y'all want to fight. I'm down. Name the place, name the time. Shit, you name the place, you name the time. I'll be there. I'll be a fuck. Bring all the BS to tears. I'll throw down. These hands are rated E for everyone, bitches. Okay, well, let's get e some. For everyone. Hold on, let, let's get something clear, Travis. We, we don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you. None of us on the show want to fight you. Okay, uh, I didn't even know that you were dropping spoilers. I didn't know you were irritating people. So. We're not going to be showing up to whatever fight this is. This is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Nate, are you flying in from Mexico to fight this guy? Nah, not anytime well, soon. Brandon, <laughs> you'd forget the date, so now I'm not even going to ask you. Jill, you want to fight the guy? You want to hear something crazy? I've never even watched Ozark. Oh, well. 
you probably want to fight this guy because he left spoilers on the Facebook page. I would actually <laughs> like to know what's going on, so I'm kind of on his side. Okay. I'd rather read the spoilers than have to watch. Have you ever been in a girl fight before? No. No, really? No. Never never thrown hands? Not my style. No? Never ripped clothes off where they're just bras everywhere? No, Jason, no. I have not. Well, that's what happens, right? <laughs> Not being, That's all I have seen some crazy girl fights though. Yeah, especially they pull hair. Yeah, they it pull hair. It's worse than a man fight. And, the big, and then they hate each other for years. And, and the, then you punch each other in the face twice. You're over at your best friends. You're drinking beers five minutes later. And the big girls when they fight, those are the best because their clothes come off, and usually they're trying to cover up a lot of their parts, you know, or do something that doesn't make it look so you know flippy flabby. But when they get in a fight, everything's, you know, that dress barn is fucking Hurricane Sally coming and ripping that shit apart. And uh, and then you just see these floppers and these these ro- jelly bellies and these roly polies. <laughs> it's awesome. I love the big girl fights. Those are great. You know, or if you get a really good looking skinny girl and a really good looking big girl. And it's like, wow, that's kind of like a sexy threesome that I could be a part of. With a jelly belly and a non-jelly belly, but they're both beautiful babies and they're scrappy and I could be in the middle of that and they could be playing ding-dings, you know? So anyway, I just (laughs) had that dream the other night. I just thought I'd throw it out there. I got off a little track there. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So are they going to, they're going to fight, right? It's it's Travis, by the way, we're not mad at you, brother. Okay. This, we're just, we're just kind of moderating. we're, We're narrating this whole thing. We're playing referee. Johnny wants to fight you. So Johnny yeah. and Travis are going to fight. Yeah, I think they want us to like sanction it also. Well, like, that's BS fight. Oh, well, no, no, that's not going to happen because if somebody <laughs> dies. I do not want any responsibility. You do it in your backyard, Jason. Nope. Make it a whole thing. No, no. I mean, if the bounce they, house. If they want to, or yeah, if they want to go to a uh, a gym that's got a boxing ring and. They can, well, it's not, sanctioning, I don't think that you can sanction it from a, a gym standpoint. That like has to be done from a government law type of level, I believe. I could be wrong. But if they want to go to a boxing gym and have, like, a professional boxer guy there and, like, dudes that can break it up if it gets out of control, um, yeah, that's fine. I mean, well, obviously, we've been talking about it. I'm curious. You know, everybody likes a good fight. I don't want them to fist fight. Like, I don't want them to have knuckles on faces and stuff like that. I want them to have headgear and, and, and big gloves and not the clown gloves, but, you know, big enough gloves that nobody's really going to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Let's get them in those sumo suits, like those ones where the, the big guys, and they just hit each other's bellies, okay. and knock each other over. That's an idea. That That's probably a lot better. Um, do you do you talk with these people, Brandon? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, sometimes. Ask them about the sumo. Don't we have those? Didn't we have those, Nate? No, we oh, we had blow up boxing gloves for Bastards Day barbecue, but we've never had the sumo suits. Oh my God, it's June too, and Father's Day. We could have done best. God damn it, guys! Got to remind me of shit like this. We could, we can't. I mean, I guess we could still do it, but um, that's a lot of work. In such a short period of time. We could do the Bastards Day barbecue podcast edition. Like we could have done a podcast in pours too. For the bastard. Well, you have a fam- you have a family now, so I thought you were all out of the the bastard era. <laughs> no, <laughs> the game. No, 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 no. I, I, I live and die by bastardisms. 
you know. Once a bastard, always a bastard. Once a bastard, always a bastard. You can never, <laughs> you can never outuse your bastard card. <laughs> <It's just> not... <laughs> Actually, if you get back with, that's a good question. So now that I have my new biological half brother in my life, and that side of the family knows about me, I think once I get in that side, like if they accept me right now, I'm part of the family. Like we talk often and Hey dad, what's going on, man? You know, that kind of stuff. Then I'm no longer a bastard. Then my bastard powers are taken away. Correct. I would, I would have to kill the bastards day barbecue. Yeah. Well, I, thought yeah a, have, I thought a bastard was just out of wedlock. Right. I thought it was like he took off cause you could, they could still not be married and be together. And you wouldn't be a bastard. I think it's like an you're like orphaned, basically. They just right, like abandoned by your get, father. I think. Yeah. Oh, these big sumo suits are not that expensive. We could make this. You can get any. I would think they'd be real, real yeah. expensive. No, they're like. 30. Or what about the bubble suit? Have y'all seen those? Hold on, they're like thirty bucks a piece. Um, no, yeah. if if that's. If it's the same one we're talking about, they're they're way they have to be like a couple hundred dollars, I would think. No, they're good ones. No, well, I mean, I'm telling you right now, inflatable costume sumo wrestling suit for adults, twenty nine ninety nine. Are they made for running into things, or is it just that? Oh thin, yeah, that thin. Those, those aren't the real ones. Yeah, these these are just like uh the ones that like blow up. Where the real, real sumo ones are like thick, like they're heavy to put on. Uh, but those can still work. Yeah, I don't see why those. Yeah, would. as long as it's not you wearing it. Right. Those. Those. I don't see why they wouldn't work. They'd be fine. Uh, oh, they have like, <laughs> they have a a sumo suit that's got the entire face and like these big ears. He looks like the guy from Mad Magazine, um, but it's like a whole thing, and your face comes out his mouth. It's. I don't know if you can see this. <laughs> Look at the orange and blue one. That's what I was talking about. The like bubble suits. Yeah, they've got the. You put a bubble. That's kind of neat too. You put the bubbles on and you just run into each other. You can really get hurt with those though. I've seen people hit and you just go flying, but it is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's see, uh, the sumo suit, and then you could do. Like a sumo match, you put a circle in the dirt, and and then they can bump each other and do that instead of punching each other. I don't want I don't want our listeners. They're probably still gonna punch each other. They sound pretty mad. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal to get mad over. Like I mean, I know Johnny was pretty pissed. <laughs> he was trying. I think he was trying to more or less stick up for me, which I didn't need it, but I appreciate it. Thank you. So I don't know. You get some updates, and uh, we'll see what they want to do. They don't have a date yet, right? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. Things well, just kind of open there. Keep me posted, would you? Okay, will do. All right, I appreciate that. Uh, so this week has been uh, very exciting. Before we talk to our guests, this week has been very exciting, and we changed some things up, and we're still going to be tweaking some things as we learn uh, along the way with this new way to distribute the podcasts. You know, So for now, uh, now I should say you premium 2 percenters, you subscribers, We'll get commercial-free episodes, bonus shows, extra podcasts, exclusive giveaways. And you don't have to do anything for the exclusive giveaways. You don't have to jump through any hoops. I already have your email address. So we have uh, beer that we're going to actually today pick a winner, and and, and, and get Jill's going to contact you to get some beer. Um, also, we have the Brio 19-inch smokeless fire pit, thanks to Atlanta Grill Company, atlantagrillcompany.com. That prize will give away the first week of July. Uh, again, if you're a subscriber, this is all free to you, right? But now we have non-subscribers able to listen 
to uh, our episodes Monday through Friday <clears throat> and uh, with our fine sponsors in, in insert it in those episodes. But it's been great this week. The feedback has been phenomenal. You know, the idea, you know, truth be told, the idea obviously was to get more more people to listen to the product. And we're doing that. So you old school two percenters that have been with us from the beginning, we're just going to make things better for you. We're just making our neighborhood bigger. That's all we're doing. That's all we're doing, making our neighborhood bigger, right? And uh, seems to be working. So for those that are new to the project, to the product, uh, podcastthebs.com, if you want to subscribe and be a part of what the premium two percenters get, feel free to do it. It's only $4.99 a month. Also on the website, there's a merch store. If you want any merch from us, we've got everything. I think Nate's going to be uploading some new logos for some new stuff here sooner than later, which is cool. And I started for the first time, and I got to tell you, I'm addicted to it. So you might be bombarded by newsletters from me. Uh, it's the coolest thing in the world. That fucking MailChimp thing. And I, it's not like I just learned about it because I was using it for the My Core Caddy last year. But the, the kids that were working our, our table at the tennis tournament fucked it up. And like all 900 emails I got, none of them worked. Um, but now your emails, I'm sending out, I sent out the first, <laughs> no, I sent out the first newsletter and you can see in real time the response. Is that not scary as shit? The response with people opening the email, people clicking on the links, people, you know, doing this and doing that. You can see all those analytics. In MailChimp, it's amazing. It's so cool. And I'm such a numbers guy. I'm just sitting there like for days, just refreshing. Actually, I don't even think I had to refresh. It just refreshed on its own. Um, the news, you guys got the newsletter, right? Sure did. Okay. I didn't get any feedback from you guys. Brandon, did you get the newsletter? I, I saw the MailChimp thing pop up in the email. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? He deleted MailChimp? it I didn't sign up for MailChimp. Did, did you? I will look at it. Did, see, that's the shit I'm talking about, Nate. He doesn't, he doesn't read his emails. <laughs> Well, MailChimp just sounds like a scam. No, it does. You've never heard of MailChimp before? No, and that's why I didn't click on it, because it sounded like a scam. The CEO, MailChimp sounds like the last chick you fucked. Um, <laughs> Which was a scam. Female chip. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the CEO of MailChimp, I, I posted, I, I tweeted out that I'm addicted to MailChimp. The CEO of MailChimp liked it. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was neat. I was excited. This is very... Yeah, yeah it's from, they're from Atlanta. Are they really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the headquarters is in Atlanta. Oh, did not know that. You got my newsletter, correct? No. <laughs> no, I sent it to you. I put you on the list. I get it. I put you on the list. It looked very nice. I opened it. It, it looked, thank you. It looked <laughs> okay, but I'm working on a new template. A lot cleaner. What was the first one? It was the first one. That one looked a little angel fire. But my new one is going to look clean, and it's going to be nice. Um, Are you sending these out like every day or like once a week? Three times a day, Brandon. Oh, my God. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I'm sending three newsletters a day. That, that, that's what you get if you're a subscriber because I have your email. <laughs> but you get three newsletters a day. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to send them out periodically. You know, But, but I'm like, since we're going to be giving away the beer from Pontoon Brewing, I want to highlight the winners in the newsletter and i want to remind people of the giveaways and all that other stuff and what we're doing probably do like a little recap uh text version recap in there and send people to you know week review um if you're a premium to uh premium 
two percenter, you can get the week review on Saturdays. So anyway. All right. Uh, so that's podcastthebs.com. We appreciate the new audience. We appreciate the OG audience. You guys are all amazing. All right, let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. If you're on someone else's property for a reason other than business, the owner is only liable if they intentionally hurt you. So if you're over at someone else's house for a party, make sure you don't trip down the stairs. Because even if the owner is found negligent, you still can't recover. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. In the market to build a mountain home or cabin in Western North Carolina, Mac Development Group. These are the people that you need to call. These are the people you need to talk to. MacDevelopment.com is the website currently booking for full-time builds, and they're looking for you to get on the schedule today, providing a premium product in the Western Carolina market, and they are the premium builder in the area. Putting everything together in this amazing 3D software, the process is easy, and it's a one-stop shop with Mac Development Group. MacDevelopment.com. I want you to call my wife. But not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m. All right, some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress-free buying and selling, and like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to the Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing podcastthebs.com it's better than radio and back to you Jason I've told everybody that you know with this new podcast project we're fortunate enough to have hired a booker right to help us out with getting all these great guests that everybody's enjoying and when I talk to uh, Art occasionally you know he'll he'll say you have any requests? Most of them are doing media tours. They'll do their radio stuff. But now because podcasting has become such a big thing, uh, us podcasters want more time with uh, these guests, not the eight, nine, ten minutes on radio. And uh, one of the first people that I said that I wanted, I said, one, I wanted a cast member from Inventing Anna on Netflix because we all love the show so much. And I said, in particularly, I want Alexis Floyd because Outside of the Anna Delvey character, um, which is very well played by uh, the, which plays Ruth on Ozark, 
But Alexis, your character on Netflix, like your acting ability is like, I think you're the next big thing. You're just a phenomenal actress. Oh man, Jason, thank you so much. Well, it was, it was easy to look up across the way and your scene partner is Anna Klemsky or Julia Garner or Laverne Cox or Katie Lowe's, you know, all you got to do is, is take them in and, and the story starts to tell itself and the writing is Shonda. I mean, I was just in beautiful hands, but thank you so much. So the, um, the story of inventing Anna for those that haven't seen it is the story of Anna Delvey, who is a New York social uh, socialite that comes into the scene of money and power, which she has zero, but is able to, for the most part, manipulate her way into it um, and ends up in jail and so on and so forth. Currently, Alexis, listen to this. One of our sponsors and a friend of mine, Manny Aurora, who's a defense attorney, very well-known defense attorney, is actually representing Anna Delvey currently with her immigration situation. Wow. I mean... That is something, first of all, small world. And second of all, the story just goes on, you know, like Anna is a phenomenon. She is like a force of nature. So that, that is wild to hear. So this is arguably the the biggest thing in your acting career you've done so far is because of the popularity of inventing Anna. The other projects you've done numerous projects, uh, the bold type, newly single, uh, just, just to name a few, but this has blown up and is such a big show still on Netflix. Did you know anything about the story when you auditioned to go uh, to be a part of the project? I didn't actually, which is wild. I must be one of three people on earth who hadn't heard of Anna Delvey before, because when I would ask my friends about it, they would all freak out and, oh, I'm obsessed. I've been following her for years, but I, I just somehow never came across her story. But once the script hit the desk, you know, all it takes is typing Anna D-E into Google and it populates with Delvey, Sorkin, Russian, German, Eleven Howard. I mean, there was already clearly a cultural phenomenon that had missed me somehow, but there's just so much literature on her. The Jessica Pressler article is so celebrated. There was fan fiction podcasts. I mean, she already had, had made a huge splash. So I, I had a feeling I was in for something pretty big. Yeah. Did, uh, did you at any point in time talk with the real Anna Delvey? I didn't speak with her directly. Neff and I got pretty close, though. We, we spent a lot of time together. You know, we had dinner together the first time we met for probably about three and a half hours. And then she stayed really close throughout the process. Uh, she she was there to answer any questions I had. I, I feel like Neff on screen is a Neff that we sort of built together. And I'm thankful to say that. But um Anna, I, I just sort of watched from afar, like a lot of us. <laughs> so so the, the Neff character that you play, um, you actually, she was on set and, and you were able to kind of dig into who she was. How close did you portray the real character in real life? I mean, you got to put your little spin on it, obviously, but were you pretty much a dead on? And she goes, you're, you're me. It's kind of scary. <laughs> she did say that a couple times. Um, I mean, one thing is I'm five foot one and she's the height of a normal human being. So we were <laughs> sort of, there are definitely differences. Um, but I kind of like to think of the nephew you see on screen as a marriage of the two of us. And also it's a little bit of our friendship. You know, we really did get close. I mean, I, I went to her house and met her dog. Like she really opened up to me and I, I tried to celebrate her essence and the elements of her story that, 
I admired about her, her resilience, her confidence, her loyalty, her savviness, her incredible intelligence. She has like a photographic memory. She's just like is a really special person. So I, I think the nephew you see on screen is almost like an admiration and a celebration of her um, through, you know, through my own instrument. But I, I definitely wanted to try to, especially like her language, like the way she speaks is so unique. She has this kind of like musicality and rhythm. So that I tried to, to really massage into my body, but the, the rest is, is yeah. Somewhere in between the two of us, like the Venn diagram of Neff and Alexis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, outside of Julia Garner playing, you know, uh, in Adelvi, which is obviously what the show is about. I, I, you know, my wife and I, we're watching it and every time, every episode we're watching, we just comment on how fantastic of an actress you are. And you, you really, you stole the scenes because you're so charismatic and you're just so likable, but you're no bullshit. Like you just don't, you don't want to mess with Neff and, but you want, you want to hang out with Neff. Like <laughs> you just, the, <laughs> to, to, to be able to play that type of character and for the fan, like myself and my wife, and to watch it and get that is is just remarkable, really remarkable. Thank you so much. I mean, that's that's a real testament to the real Neff and the writing as well. I mean, I think Shonda is versed in character building. Like she just makes these irresistible, very complicated people full of contradictions and surprises. And, and Neff is no exception to that. And the real Neff, I'm telling you, like we would get coffee and three different people would walk by and be like, Nev, is that you, girl? Like, she was, like, the mayor of New York City, low-key. Like, she's just so loved in real life. Um, so all I had to do was sort of let that run through me. But, um, yeah, it's one of those moments when, like, the characters in your life are sometimes more elaborate than fiction. It's, and she's just definitely one of those those women. Were you a Julia Garner fan from Ozark uh, before? Oh, yeah. Of everything. I mean, she has just been crushing it forever. And I and I still think she's just getting started. I, I think I that, you know, you know, she's she's one of our greats. She's just about to take off in a whole new way. But she's been a hard worker and a consistent worker for ever. And she was filming parts of Ozark while she was doing Inventing Anna, which is just like such a testament to this woman. I mean, to hold these two women, these two characters so fully in her body at once. And she's traveling across the country and it's a pandemic. I mean, she can do anything. Where, where did you, cause Ozark mostly was filmed here in, in Georgia. Um, as far as inventing Anna, was that in New York? Yeah, we, we filmed on location quite a bit, which was special too, because you know, there are so many landmark uh, cultural corners, cornerstones uh, and we got to actually be on location for that. So she was in New York a lot. We did a little bit of time in LA and then she actually went to Morocco and stayed in that hotel. And so, I mean, she was truly all over the globe making art <laughs> throughout, throughout the last couple of years. Neff didn't uh, go to Morocco, right? Neff didn't go. Did you? Oh, she did not go, which right. means I did not go. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. So what's funny about the Morocco thing, and I didn't find this out until later. So the, the photog, uh, the, the photography guy that goes to Morocco with, uh, with them, um, uh, he, he is played by, uh, Chris Lowell. And that's my old tennis partner's son. I didn't realize he had such oh. a great acting career. 
And I've never met him before. I just know about him because I, I know his father. And I knew that he wanted to be an actor years ago. I thought I thought that was like yesterday, but I guess it was a long time ago. And he's doing everything. He's doing uh, How I Met Your Father on Hulu, I think. <laughs> like, yes. No idea. So I, I, you, you spent some time with him, right? You, you had some scenes with him? Actually, we didn't, which is such a funny oh. thing about... TV, but also just this industry in general is we, we actually never overlapped. And I think that happens more often than not on sets, you know, you'd be in a whole movie with somebody and you don't meet them till the premiere. And then we didn't even have a premiere. So I actually never, our, our arcs never crossed paths with one another, which is sort of a bummer, but you no, know, he's been in this game for a while. And, and just, uh, you know, again, Shonda really hires people who love what they do and and she really builds community and I'm, I was really happy he was a part of it and to see his work he's fantastic yeah he's a really good photographer if you didn't know he and, oh. his, he and his father a couple years back went uh, on a tour to Chernobyl and mm. some of the pictures that he took on that trip were just absolutely amazing he because I think that was his first passion was to do photography and then he got into acting um you know. Oh, I gotta check that out. Is yeah. his stuff online? I gotta check that out. I have no idea. Uh, I know I can get you the Chernobyl pictures from his dad. <laughs> yeah, send them over. I want to dive in. <laughs> so, so how is this show? Like I was saying before, because of the popularity and what it's done, I'm sure for your career, how has it changed your life? Yeah, well, you know, the blessing of Shonda Rhimes. It's like being knighted or something. Like she really like touches you, and the world opens up. So. That has been amazing to feel connected to her. And and she really means what she says. I mean, she builds a community. Like the Shonda Land is a real place, it feels like, or at least a real, you know, space where uh, the artists stay connected. And she has a lot of opportunities for people to work with each other and meet each other. So I feel really a part of the community in a way that alone is life-changing. And then on top of that, you know, being a part of something that's made quite a splash in, in just the cultural scene. I mean, I've had so many interesting conversations with people who recognize me from the show and, you know, they want to really unpack it. They want to ask what was true and what isn't they want to talk about. I mean, we're all kind of in this moment of unpacking these con stories and we're, I think we're all interested in ways people cheat the system. And I think it's been really cool to, realize how true that is and, and see that I think part of the why the story has exploded is, is because it taps into something really true about that. And it's really got me excited about all sorts of real life stories that seem, you know, like I said, stranger than fiction. So that's another piece is it's, it's gotten me so interested in telling real stories and fictionalizing them to an extent. But I, I feel like that's something I want to keep doing. Yeah, and, and what else What else is interesting about how now we digest entertainment, like with the Netflixes of the world, is that time-space thing that we've always uh, subscribed to of movie comes out Friday, actor, actress comes on, promotes, and then it's done, but you're not going to have them back on to talk about that, you know, months later or whatnot. You know, I specifically reached out to Art to get to, I was like, can you track her down? I, I don't think you're doing a media tour because... I just wanted to talk to you because I'm just such a fan because of this Inventing Anna. And it's timeless. These shows on Netflix, I mean, it's Inventing Anna's been on for a minute. So it's timeless to talk about these things because the stories are not only great in real life, but way, the way they're portrayed by actresses like yourself are so well done 
that it makes it topical any day of the week. I think that's true. And, and the con story we've been telling, it's kind of a tale as old as time. And yeah. that's, that's really interesting too. And yeah, there's something about it living on a platform like Netflix that touches so many parts of the world. It, it creates like a, a global dialogue about something really true and human and, I just feel lucky to be a part of it. And thank you so much for, for your kindness and love. It, it really, really touches me. I'm, I'm so happy to unpack it with you. And, and thank you for celebrating it this way. Well, that's all I'm trying to do, Alexis, is I'm trying to spread some love and some goodness into the world. So yeah, if, okay. I, can do, if I can do it with you, then, then good, good for us, right? Would you remember the audition? Well, I'm sure you do. The audition process were, was it like a casting, uh, a cattle call, and you're all in one big room, and you see some other actresses of name that you're like, oh, damn, this is not going to be happening for me. Like, how, how did that go down? You know, we had already sort of crossed into the self-tape space uh, when that audition came through, which now is like the way it goes. So, you know, we used to rent out our office and everybody was in line, like you were saying, and now everybody's recording from home, largely for safety reasons. But that had already started a little bit um, in casting offices. So I had taped from home for the project and I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks. And I, like you do as an actor, you, you know, you get yourself an ice cream, you, you brush it off and let it go. I sort of thought that was that. But a couple of weeks later, um, my team reached out and said, Shonda hasn't seen your work before, but she actually doesn't need a callback. She doesn't need to see anything more. She just wants to sit down and talk with you. And so we got on Zoom uh, and we and we talked for maybe about a half hour just about who Neff is. And I think she saw there was a lot of parallel in my performance, but maybe also she was just picking up on the ways you were connected in real life, which is, you know, at the time I was working a day job. I was also working at a front desk of a yoga studio, but similar sort of like higher end clientele. I was in the financial district. Neff was in Soho. So there were so many ways that we aligned, I think. And um, we just sort of talked about that for a long time. And then the mystery of Anna, of course. And then a, a couple of days later, I'm at uh, Inheritance. I'm at the like final Broadway preview before the show opens. And I turn my phone off airplane mode and intermission for a minute just to step out and get some air. And I have a missed call from my manager and and I find out I get the job. So it was, it was sort of beautiful, you know, standing in this atrium of a theater in New York city, which is where the heart of the show is. And I, it was a, it was a really special moment. I'll never forget that sort of moment. It all came together. And, and you are a New York girl and it, and it, it does because inventing Anna is all based in New York. It, it, you, you know, like I'm originally from up North too. There's just something about us that you, you can tell like when, when you're, when you're a northerner, right? So you 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 portray that well as an actress on this on on Inventing Anna, but you are very much into the arts in New York. Um, you're not only an actress, but you also sing and dance. By the way, you're a very good singer, and I got to tell you, um, if I were to categorize what I think you sound like, you you sound like an old like Fiona Apple meets old school style meets Janelle Monae. That's oh. What- <laughs> you just made my day, man. That's so, thank you so much for saying that. Those, those, those are some of my heroes. Janelle Monae in particular, my goodness. She's, oh, she's cool. One. She's bad. I remember the first time I saw, so a guy I worked with in radio knows her. Uh, he was a producer in the music scene, you know, Atlanta's kind of a thing. And, uh, and I remember coming into work 
and she was not as big of a success as she is now. And she was kind of like curtain jerking an award show. She was, you know, side stage and she was dressed in like this black and white kind of uh, pantsuit tuxedo thing. And her hair is up and she's, she's doing, and it was like this really jazzy kind of thing she's doing. And it was just such a cool sound. And I remember just kind of shooting, the, you know what, next day coming in and talking to him. I'm like, God, this, this girl, I don't know why she wasn't. Like, they made a big, bigger deal. She was an intro and outro band on this, you know, the award show last night. He's like, oh, I know Janelle. I go way back with her. I was like, I was with her when she was just trying to break in the business. And now she's wow. huge, right? And she's uh, she's a big to-do. So, yeah, that's the vibe that I got from listening to some of your music. I appreciate that so much. And thank you for listening, to. No, it's true about Janelle. And it's cool to hear that she always knew who she was in that way. You know, she was always doing the black and white thing. Like, she kind of always had her alter ego ready to go. I, I always admire that about an artist who just comes out the gate knowing who they are. And it's just about the world catching up to them. You know, she's, she's one of those forces, I think, but thank you. Thank you again. And, and thank you for checking out my music. Really. Thank you. If you could pick Alexis and say, okay, somebody comes to you. All right. The, it says you can be extremely successful, extremely famous, extremely rich, but you can only pick one. You can either be an actress, you can be a singer, or you can be a dancer. Which one do you pick? I think I would say, sorry, man, I'm going my own way. I got to do all three <laughs> and walk the other way. <laughs> I really, I, I've always loved all of them. And I think that they work together. And, you know, I think we're starting to see a lot of people realize that there's, there's kind of a renaissance moment in art, I think, where lots of forms are coming together to tell one story. We're, we're seeing sort of a, a resurgence of the movie musical come back. And I just, I think like we're starting to learn that these, these boundaries are more blurry than we think. And, and you can kind of have it all and move in between the forms. So I'm, I'm going to try to stay true to that and, and go with the flow in that way. The stage is a lot more difficult than behind the camera. Is it not? They have their different challenges, but I will say there is a particular stamina about eight shows a week that is wow. like just another level. And and I really admire the actors who are in a show for a year going on two years or the ones on the road on top of that. I mean, traveling around the country and doing eight shows a week. So I think that that is, that is a special stamina on top of the fact that you're often away from your family or you you know, I know actors who are on Broadway who basically can't speak for the rest of the day, you know, before the show, because they have to be able to sing for three hours. So there is like a commitment there and a longevity that I think is unique to, to theater. Absolutely. And you have to have a mindset. I remember some years ago, I was up to New York and we went, uh, what did we go and see? We went and saw Rock of Ages. And, oh. um, and I'm looking through the playbill, and I see that the lead is uh, Justin Sargent, and he's a UCF grad. And I was like, oh, cool, because, you know, I'm a UCF alum, and so's Nate. And I was like, oh, good for him. You know, that's it's, it's a big deal, and he just kills it, right? And it's all the music I mm. dig, and he's just great. So, so I ended up, like, tweeting something out to him and stuff, and he gets back, and we ended up becoming friends over the years. And I see the life that he lives, and he's done Spider-Man, and I forget what he's doing now. I think he just has a new kid, but like, this is his life every day. 
all day long going in and you have to put on, it's not like you're recorded and your performance was great after five or six takes. You've got one shot and you can't screw it up. <laughs> if you do, you have to be really good in order to fix it. There's a lot of pressure on, on a stage performer. Oh, it's true. And like you said, there are no redos, you know, like it, it, your body in real time is making this enormous and all of the layers of that. I mean, like the people backstage making sure the transitions happen on time. And then there is that risk of, you know, of live theater. If something goes wrong, if somebody's mic goes out, if somebody drops a line, if pe people get injured, I mean, it's such a physical art and there's so much that you try to prepare for, but there is something, you know, you just can't prepare for everything. And there's a lot of learning on your feet and, and having each other's back in this very, very visceral way. So I, I think you're right. There's like a ready, there's like a stance to doing theater. There's like a readiness state that is kind of one of a kind. Let me throw this your way, Alex. So I was talking to my wife about this the other night. I just ran across in my brain every once in a while. I come up with some great ideas and it's just pfft, then I just have to execute it. I was mm -hmm. like, Inventing Anna, so big on Netflix, I kind of have access to the real Anna Delvey, kind of, right? What if I'm able to get a production company and she's able to buy into it? I'm sure if enough money's involved, she'd do it. What about reinventing Anna and doing a reality type of show of reinventing this woman that's into art, get her back into society, get her out of trouble, get her a job, and this and this and that, and the cameras follow her around. Is that not a brilliant idea, reinventing Anna, just ripping off the inventing Anna stuff on Netflix? Whoa, that's actually pretty huge. And I think she'd be down. I mean, she is so, I think she's really interested in, telling and retelling and surprising us with her story as much as possible. And I know she wants to continue to take ownership over it. So I say, go for it, man. It's also a great title props in the title. It Thank clicks. Yeah. I'm seeing it. Yes. <laughs> I say run with the wind. If you look, if you can get Anna Delvey on your team to do just about anything, I say, why the heck not? She's yeah. not going to let you down. Yeah. I was like, God, what? It's just, it's in the name. I mean, even if the show sucked, it's just the name. <laughs> people are going to watch it because of the name. Uh, Nate, do you have a question for the lovely Alexis Floyd? Yeah, Alexis. So you grew up in Cleveland. Um, what got you to New York, um, rather than going to maybe like LA or something? Was there a decision one way or the other? Or what, what made you decide to go that way with acting? Well, I actually did a small tour in LA right after school, um, you know, I went to a conservatory at Carnegie Mellon where you showcase your senior year, both in New York and Los Angeles, because I think most actors pick one coast or the other. And it just so happened that I found my team out there and I thought I would give the city a try, even though I sort of always knew New York was in my body. But, you know, they were like, you come out of school, give, out, give us a try, give, it, give LA a try, see what happens. About a year in, I... I love and respect that place. And there's a lot about it that I actually miss quite often, especially the nature, like being able to hike and surf and ski all in one day is like pretty special. Um, but there was just something about New York that was calling me out. So I packed it all up. I tried the other coast and I haven't, I haven't left since. I don't think I'm going nowhere. I, I, it's been in my body for a long time. It's, there's a real heartbeat about this city. So, you know, honestly, it ended up being more of a personal decision than it was necessarily a career decision. But I think you kind of thrive in the space that 
most reflects you and New York just gives me a really special energy. And most of my team is still in LA, but in today's world, I mean, you could be in Barbados and work in, you know, in Amsterdam. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a global storytelling world. And I'm thankful it allows me to be in the place that I love most. Were you that little girl growing up, Alexis, that just was always the, you know, the steel in the show in the room, you walk in, you light it up with your smile and your charisma your parents were like, you've got to be an actress. That's just, there's nothing else for you to do in life. Were you that girl? I think so. I was also, my gosh, I was also the kid like on my bike, like singing as I ride around the neighborhood. Like I was just sort of always making noise. My poor parents and my peaceful neighborhood. I was, I was quite disruptive. I'm sure from a very young age. Um, but you know, both of my parents, my, my mother was and, can, and is still the manager of the Cleveland orchestra youth orchestra. My dad was practicing law at the time, but he was a singer all the way through college. He's a beautiful tenor voice and, I was lucky that the household embraced, uh, you know, the creativity for my brother and I, though. Yeah, I was a little out of control. <laughs> what does your brother do? Is he, is he in the business as well? He is. Yeah. He, he, uh, is, is still making movies and he's, he's sort of navigating the California scene. So that's kind of cool. We're, we're on opposite coast. I just saw him in a reading of a, uh, UCLA grads play that was beautiful so we're, we're both kind of in the world together and and i really hope down the line a project comes our way for the two of us to do and if not maybe i gotta write it <laughs> yeah see that's you know one side of me makes very very angry when i hear from from individuals like you alexis and your great family and you're so talented it's just in your dna like some of us just got ripped off like my mother what was she thinking like she should have found somebody at least way talented to, to father the child. You know, if you got two incredibly talented parents like Alexis, you have, you know, everybody comes out happy and talented and charismatic and enjoys life. You get somebody like me with the dysfunctional family I had, you get a guy that podcasts from his basement, you know, it's just, <laughs> well, look, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I I'm in therapy working through some stuff, you know, like we all have the, the dynamics of growing up. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard across the board, but I will say I, to be in a home that was supportive of the arts and supportive of self-expression, I think it did make an impact on my brother and I to believe it could be possible. And look, you've ended up right where you're supposed to be, Jason. You, you God, found it out not. here. God, I hope not. Jesus, I hope there's more in life <laughs> for me. Uh, that, hey, by the way, that therapy stuff is pretty good. I've been against it, my not against it, but just avoided it my entire life. You know, I'm, I'm 47 and uh, I've just always been a mind over matter. I can do it myself and just uh, this past year, I had to reach out to one of our sponsors, Dr. David Markwell, and talk to him about some stuff. And I got to tell you, there's something to be said about therapy. It's, it's pretty it's it's OK. It's pretty good. You know, I wish more people would embrace it instead of obviously taking a different direction, whatever direction that might be. But good for you for doing that. I'm not going to ask you what you're going for, but that, it's therapy's a, g a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. No, I'm, I'm really, really happy for you that you found it successful. It's, it's definitely been transformative for me and my brother. Um, for sure. I, there's just so much stored in the body. You don't even know. And having language for, for these things that can change your perspective, which changes the course of your life. I mean, it's the, the machine of the mind is something else and having someone else to unpack it, understand it with, it, it really has been life changing for me. And I'm, I'm so happy it found its way to you too. Yeah. Can't, cannot uplift 
therapy. I wish there was some way that there was, you know, everybody could be a therapist for each other. Cause I, I wish it was a one-to-one ratio, you know, cause I, I think everybody could benefit from it. Well, I'm telling you, I'm pretty good, uh, pretty good listener, you know? So if you ever need a, just give me a buzz, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say, Alex. I'll be like, look, we're not doing that. I understand we're not doing that movie. We're doing something else. I see where you're coming from. Uh, Brandon, do you have a question for Alexis before we let her go? Yeah, I know you said you uh, you wanted to work with your brother on a movie or a show, um, but is there like another actor or actress or singer or artist that you really, really want to work with? Oh, well, not to sound like a broken record, but Janelle Monet. <laughs> I will follow her. Any, I will just... Wow carry her water bottle around. Honestly, I just really believe in that woman. Um, other folks that come to mind, Ava DuVernay. I just think what she's up to in the film and television scene is pretty spectacular. She's also working on this project where she's taking, um, real recordings from cop cameras and surveillance footage and putting together narratives about police brutality in our nation. And she also has amazing scholarship opportunities for young filmmakers. I just, I really believe in her, not just as a filmmaker, but sort of as a cornerstone and space maker. Um, Spike Lee, Barry Jenkins. I mean, these are all filmmakers that, that make the art that moves me the most. And I would be honored beyond to, to be a part of their work in any way. Uh, I really hit the nail on the head with this Janelle Monet thing. I was just out of my musical knowledge making the comparisons there but you really are a big Janelle Monet fan are you not oh it is so deep it wow. is so deep I actually the memory librarian her new book is sitting next to me as we speak like oh I hope I hope she's not scared I'm not gonna come for you Janelle I just really love you if you can hear me <laughs> Nate, Nate I say it all the time I'm a freaking visionary I had no this was not on the interweb you know I'm telling you this was just down from my gut my heart that came from the heart the Janelle Monet stuff I'm telling you that right now you it's your musical it. ear. Yeah, it's in my musical ear. That's right. I have such a great <laughs> musical ear. Here's another thing when I think of you and I see you and your ability, Alexis. Um, a movie that I've been brainwashed to not only enjoy but to love. And there's a side of me that really does like it, even though I'm a guy and I'm not supposed to say it out loud. But my wife is, it's always on her television. But if they ever made a sequel of The Devil Wears Prada, you would mm. be perfect in that. I can even see you pulling off the bitchy secretary. I can see you pulling that <laughs> off as an actress, not as a real person, but as an actress. Oh, thank you so much. Well, Emily Blunt, who, who yes. plays. Yeah, she is also one of my favorites. My goodness. She's, she's extraordinary. And you know, the director of Devil Wears Prada, David Frankel, he directed a lot of inventing Anna specifically. The pilot was like really? all his work, but yeah, he, he came in and out throughout and, um, yeah, he's a really special filmmaker. I think that I am with you. I think that film, even though it's huge, I, I think it's it's still sort of underrated in some way because you're right. It, it sort of like falls under the rom-com umbrella, which I think is is a mistake or, you know, just it's all that it is. I think it is like a really extraordinary piece. And obviously the performances, I mean, the cast is out of this world. But thank you for saying that. That is totally the like vibe of story that interests me for sure. Yeah, I've, I've been on this kick for the last couple of years. I just think that, you know, the, as, as dark as this world has gotten, we need more, you know, good-hearted, light entertainment. You know, that's why I'm so almost anti-superhero movie because they're just mm -hmm. so dark and deep and they don't need to be. That's not what superhero movies are supposed to be. They're supposed to be campy and you're supposed to feel good about yourself and your country and where you live and people and humanity and all that other stuff. 
Um, so like those movies, especially these rom-cons or these quote unquote chick flicks that my wife forces me to watch, you know, I actually enjoy them because they make me feel good. They're, they're feel good. You're not, you're not having nightmares at the end of the night. Let's put it that Mm -hmm. way. No, it's true. And also they're all about relationship. Like they're all about how our relationships to each other are actually like what makes our life meaningful and valuable. So you feel good. And then when you reflect on why you feel good, it's because you watched two people maybe start from opposite corners of the ring and then team up. And there's something hopeful and very true about that, that like when people are vulnerable enough and brave enough to choose connection, it can totally change and open your life. So I'm with you. I think they're, they're really valuable and we do need more. We need, we need stories of connection because that's the truth. We, we are we are the majority at the end of the day, and if we connect with one another, there's nothing we can't do. I really as as cereal boxes that just sounded. It's the truth. <laughs> but that that Christian guy, God, what a bad person! I can't believe he knew she had a boyfriend, and he still, God, oh man, just and that boyfriend was so nice. He's just trying to be a show. See, this is what's happening to me, Nate. <laughs> it's either I'm talking about like Devil Wears Prada or Pitch Perfect. What has happened to me? It's, 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 you know, it's, it's something's wrong with me. I've been, I've been chickenized or something. I don't know what has happened, but this is 40. This is, this is almost 50. (laughs) All right. Nate, do you have anything more for Alexis before we let her go? I know you kind of talked about the, uh, the interview process and, uh, um, auditioning and everything, but was there any like, like holdbacks from during COVID, um, like, did you have to stop filming at any certain times or anything change or just protocols or anything like that? We did actually. So we started filming before the pandemic and then we took a six month hiatus from March to September, um, when things really started heating up and, and that was a big deal, you know, because we were supposed to film for a total of six months. And then because of protocol, because we had to take our time and do testing and, we took breaks if, if there was the threat of an outbreak. And, you know, we really tried to move slowly and intentionally. And because of that, it took us about two years to film these these nine episodes. So it really changed the course of the show in terms of how it was made. And then on top of that, it kind of changed the culture of the show in, I think, a sort of bitter, ultimately sweet way. Because when we came to work, it, we had a job to do, but we also had to protect each other. Like more than anything, we had to keep each other safe. And that included, you know, following protocol on set as well as laying kind of low on our off hours over the weekends and there was travel involved. So it was really, I think it it brought us together in a really unique and meaningful way for a mini series, which can be a, you know, really quick process. But by the end, it felt like we were wrapping season three, you know, We, we really, really got close and became a family at times. I think that's true. Well, your next project, uh, what, are you, what are you working on now moving forward? What's your next one? So I, I just finished an arc on The Good Fight, which is their season six is coming out this summer. Um, and then I'm not quite ready to announce the next piece yet, but I'm thankful to say I'll be storytelling this summer and, and hopefully announcing soon. Storytelling. That's, that's uh, actor business stuff, right? Like that's you going, you have a new role that's what that means right you got a new part right storytelling 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. something's coming up. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be hitting record. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's the lingo. We we gotta get the lingo. It's not that she's gonna be at a Barnes and Noble reading a book. She's actually got okay, got it, understood. But it's big, right? The next big project for Alexis Floyd is big. You've already started it. We just don't know what it is yet. I would say so. I would say so. And and you know that's that's the Shonda magic. I think she really opened new doors for me. And uh, I'm thankful to say that, yeah, I think I think eyes and ears will be on it. Really thankful. Are you filming in Atlanta by any chance? Ooh, I, I better I better I better hold back. I better hold back. I'm a- <laughs> well, I ask if you are, if you do love to have you in the studio whenever you're ready to promote whatever your next project is. But you've been just such a fantastic guest and. Um, I think we're buddies now, so that's cool. Uh, we are buddies. I feel it. And thank you. I will, I will roll through. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Uh, the website for Alexis, her own website, Alexis G Floyd, if you.com, if you'd like to go there and, uh, of, of course all the acting and, and stuff that we know, but the music is phenomenal. Um, you can get stuff there and it's, it's anywhere where you can grab streaming music, but um, but go to the website and you can see everything that is like, I mean, you're going to, you're the next big thing. I'm telling you that right now. So you're just such a fantastic human being and a great actress. And thank you for the time. Cause I know this was like a one-off for you to do. So thank you so much for coming on. We're fans. Thank you so much. No, this was a pleasure. I, I'll remember this for sure. And I, and I'd love to stay in touch. This was really joyful. Thank you guys so much. All right. Take care and good luck. And we'll talk to you sooner than later, Alexis. Yes, that's a guarantee. Thank you so much. Stay well, y'all. All All right, bye. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, my wife sells houses for a living, and she always tells her clients that are selling their house, if you want to upgrade your property value, you got to do something with the kitchen and or the bath. And you don't have to be selling your house to upgrade the kitchen and bath. It's just something nice to do, and it upgrades the property value tremendously. That's why I'm telling you about UCI Kitchen and Bath, which has been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator, plus installer for the past 20 years, servicing all of Georgia, parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. It is a one-stop shop for you. You can pop into their showroom in Norcross, Georgia, and you can see their design team, meet their design team, and watch how they'll transform your kitchen and bathroom into this beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality, right? Uh, Plus all the latest trends. They've got displays there. So it might give you some good ideas. It's a one-stop shop. As I said, UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides installation, whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS, you get 10% off regular priced countertops. So save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off regular price countertops. UCI Granite. Veteran-owned, established in 2009, Rockland Contracting. David Hawks is your guy, specializing in deck design and build. He's got this amazing 3D software. You'll see virtually what your deck will look like before it's done. Here's the thing. David Hawks has been with the Bailey Show podcast for a very long time, and he is booked up throughout the summer. So right now, if you're thinking about getting a deck design, he also specializes in basement remodel, new HVAC installation, interior and exterior painting. You got to book now with Rockland Contracting for the fall months. You can get a hold of them at 678-879-3867. 678-879-3867. So many of you two percenters have gotten a hold of David Hawks and Rockland Contracting, and he can't thank you enough. He needs some help. 
So if you're an experienced deck builder or you know how to do anything else that Rockland Contracting does, get a hold of David Hawk, 678-879-3867 or rocklandcontractingllc.com. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C-R-E-A-T-E. G-R-A-P-H-I-X dot net or 770-369-9962. That's 770-369-9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X dot net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. New Obi-Wan. Kenobi. Disney Plus must watch. Really, really good. You don't even have to be a Star Wars fan and you still enjoy the story, I think. Seen any of it? I have not. Yeah. But, no. Uh-huh. But that's how everybody else felt about the Boba Boba Fett one. Not me. Not me at all. I, yeah. I, I and I love Boba so I love Boba Fett and I just could not could not get into it for the, the thing with Boba Fett is like Boba Fett became a cult classic because he was a cool bounty hunter, cool colors. But when you think about it, you know, he, he really didn't do shit. You know, I mean, like he transported Han, you know, he, he died in kind of a pussy way, you know, and it was just like, he never talked, you know, now Boba Fett talks, you know, it's like all the stormtroopers talk. They have personalities now. It's kind of weird when you grew up old school Star Wars. So the Boba Fett thing, I think people are excited because he's so cool. There's no doubt Boba Fett's cool. One of the coolest characters ever. But you don't know, like, you can be as cool as you, you can be way cool, but if you get no personality, you got no, you got Nothing, right? So nobody had a story with Boba Fett before Boba Fett got there. With Obi-Wan, it's different. And you know most of the story, and now they just add to the story, which is cool. And the rumor is, uh, I don't think the internet's gotten a hold of this, but I got a source that says they're working currently on a Darth Vader, which would make sense. Yeah, because Obi-Wan deals with Darth Vader. And they brought James Earl fucking Jones. How old is that man? He's back voicing Darth Vader. I didn't even realize he was still alive. Uh, I, was say, I thought he died, didn't he? No. Like a few years ago? No. D- David, David Prowse died, the guy that played Darth Vader. Maybe oh, that's what okay. I was thinking of. Yeah, David Prowse died. Um, but isn't James Earl Jones, isn't he Mufasa too? 
Uh, yeah, he's yeah, and he's also yep. the dad in Coming to America and uh, in Sandlot. He's he's got some iconic roles. Oh, James Earl Jones, uh, you know, he's he's a god. He's uh he's he's Harrison Ford's boss in uh, Patriot Games. I mean, James Earl Jones is the tits. Uh, so, but is it one of those things? If you're not a Star Wars fan, Nate, because you're not a big Star Wars fan, you're not even going to bother watching it. No, I will. That's what I was saying about Boba Fett. Everybody, like, I'm not, I do not like Star Wars, and I love the Boba Fett one. Mm. Um, and everybody else did, too. That's why um, That's why it was such a big deal, and everybody loved it, because even if you don't like Star Wars, it was still a great show. Oh, okay. So, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought you were saying because it wasn't, you did not like Boba Fett. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I personally, I just, you know, because the guy that plays Boba Fett also is the guy that, plays Aquaman's dad <laughs> so, you know, so I don't know it's just kind of meh. um Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan I think is great you know they had they cut in some scenes from the uh middle or technically the first trilogy you know uh Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace and all those kind of things so uh that was cool and the little girl you know, this is what's so great about streaming that gives so many opportunities. You know, we're kind of talking with Alexis about that, um, Alexis Floyd, but th- th- it gives so many opportunities to up-and-coming actors and actresses that back in the day wouldn't have those opportunities because there's only a handful of channels on television. There's only so much programming that you can put on those handful of channels. And then in the movie industry, yeah, there's going to be numerous movies, but there's only a handful, really, that can make theaters, and there was not direct to DVD until direct to VHS became a thing and nobody was buying into that. Nobody's even buying into the direct to DVD. You know, if it said direct to DVD, you, you didn't even bother watching it because it was not good enough to be in theaters. But now that's totally different, especially with the pandemic where things were going direct to streaming services, HBO max, uh, Netflix, Disney plus what, what have you Hulu, Amazon prime. And so it gives opportunities to these, these, these actors and actresses that 15, 20 years ago, they would not have had back to my point, the girl, the little girl, I don't know her name, the little girl that plays princess Leia as a child. And this takes place when Leia is a child. Remember the story is that Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker has two kids and Obi-Wan and, and Anakin fight to the death. He thinks and takes the children and separates them and puts them in two parts of the universe. One with a senator for, at the time, well, the current time, the Empire, because the Empire is the only thing going. And people, they're trying to convince people that the Empire is good. And it's, you know, can make a lot of comparisons to real life stuff here. You know, so they're trying to mind fuck the people. The Empire is good. The Empire is good. And there's some people, the rebellious ones who would become the rebellion, are going, wait a minute, something's not right with this government that we have here, which will later bring down the road when Luke Skywalker is old enough, the rebellion, and then they fight the Empire, that kind of thing. Same with Princess Leia, she's going to rebel. But right now she lives with her adopted parents who her father's a senator in the empire empire. Luke is, you know, out with the farming, his farming family, you know, the uncle and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's where Obi-Wan lives, where he can keep an eye on him. And, uh, so that that's the, their kids, but we're not getting much of Luke. We're getting, you know, I've only gotten like four episodes in, we're getting a big dose of Leia 
and she is a spark plug. This little girl is awesome. She steals the show. She's not only cute, but she's a badass little girl. And she she talks like she's an adult. You know, she she's good. I mean, I, I'm really, really impressed with her. Plus, Ewan McGregor's a good actor. I like Ewan McGregor. I thought Love Ewan McGregor. I, I actually I think Ewan McGregor is better and better a better Obi-Wan in the Disney Plus series than he was in the movies. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that does. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Have you seen any of this? Yeah. Me? Yeah. What, the new show? No, yeah. I haven't seen it. I saw some of The Mandalorian. I need to catch up. That was another one I couldn't get into. Mandalorian. Really? I like that one. Couldn't get that, into The Mandalorian. That was the Boba Fett one. That's the one we were talking about earlier. Oh, okay. Well, they have the Boba Fett one. They have Boba Fett. That's what, okay, yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah they have, the, the last one was Boba Fett. Mandalorian was not the Boba Fett one. They have Boba Fett, yeah. the series. Yeah, but Boba or The Mandalorian was out about Boba Fett, wasn't it? He was the main character. Was was the whole no, show. he's not the main character. I thought it was a different yeah. bounty hunter. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's a. It's he, Boba Fett's not the main character in Mandalorian. Oh, okay. They're talking about the because there's numerous Boba Fett. Like, if you go to the Clone Wars, when Boba Fett's made right, the the actually, uh, the the guy that plays the Mandalorian. God, I, Star Wars fans are going to kill me here. But the guy that plays the Mandalorian makes an appearance in Obi-Wan in his outfit, the white and blue from Clone Wars before he... No, this is after Mandalorian. Yeah, this is after the Mandalorian. So you have to kind of put the timeline. They give you little kind of Easter eggs throughout the whole thing. Now, diehard Star Wars fans, I love Star Wars, but I know there's a million Star Wars fans out there that would crush me in trivia. I like to think that I'm extremely knowledgeable but I'm not as knowledgeable as I as most people are and should be. Um, but you get the gist of it. We're kind of all on the same page. Follow along. Don't beat me up too bad. Really good though. The acting is is is, is really good. It, it's and the, the characters that they introduce are really cool too. There's this truck driver named Frank. I liked Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Frank was <laughs> like you and McGregor and uh, and 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 Leia. They, they, they have to, they escape the empire and they, and they get on this transport and they're trying to get home. So it's this journey of getting home and the obstacles and blah, 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 blah. And they get on this, uh, uh transport. And when they get on, they, they, they Leia stops them and, and, and everyone's like, no, 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 no. We'll find it every way. It's like, no, no, no she, it's fine. This guy looks trustworthy. It's like a truck driver, right? And this, this little truck spaceship comes through and it's a transport and it's like goofy character, not over the top Jar Jar Banks, but kind of very much like Jar Jar Banks. And he's like, Hey guys, what you doing? He's got this big, like he looks mean, but he's not, he's got all these teeth in his snout and he's like, Hey guys, where are you going? Hop on in. <laughs> but he's a, he's a transport for stormtroopers. So uh, when they get on, they see the the, the Empire uh, thing on the back, and they you know and and then it's funny because when they're on, they start talking politics, and it's like Star Wars. Like when I was a kid, Star Wars was Star Wars. But the older you get, you make so many comparisons to the world that we live in today, and you want to think, wow, are they really do are they doing this on purpose? And th- this really came to fruition. Um, I forget what uh, what movie this was, but the the line they stood to a thunderous applause, 
in the Senate, you know, when they were all in the Senate, they stood to a thunderous applause and they were able to hornswoggle everybody. Um, but this, they're on the transport and they're talking with Frank and, hey, you guys a big fan of the Empire? That's good. You know, they're good people. I'm glad things are going to work out for the universe. <laughs> oh, let me pick up some of my buddies. And there's like three stormtroopers just walking aimlessly in the sand. <laughs> they pick them up and now they're sitting on the transport with stormtroopers. And they, 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 you know, they're talking through their mask, and then you know, I was like, "So, where are you guys headed to?" Uh, we're just trying to go back home. We're trying to find a spaceport. We're out here looking for a Jedi. Have you seen any Jedi's? I don't think I'd know what a Jedi looked like. And he's talking to the Jedi, right? But he hasn't used his Jedi powers in quite some time because he's been hiding. You know, he's been laying low. He's like, "Okay, you just called her a different name." Why is that? Oh, we just lost the mother. And I just, you know, and they had this whole story. And he's like, all right, copy that. All right. Hey, Frank, this is where you can leave us off. All right. Thank you. And then they get off and the stormtroopers go. It's just, I mean, everything about it is cool. I like it. It's good. It's neat. You guys got to watch it. You know. Yeah. It I'm, I'm going to watch it. Plus Disney plus. Um, I, I don't watch a lot of Disney plus, you know, I remember when Disney bought the rights to George Lucas's star Wars franchise and this was before we had these streaming services. This was not that long ago. And I remember saying to myself, I'm like, oh, they're going to fuck it up. But like, all I can think in my head is that they're going to make a bunch of Star Wars movies for the theater. And, and I think a lot of people thought that, too. And you're like, oh, Disney's getting a hold of it. It's going to be all goo goo gaga. It's just not going to be cool. It's not going to be the storyline. It's like, oh, man, you can't. If George Lucas ain't charge of it, you can't do it. Uh, or as some say in it, Right. I never thought what would Disney Plus would be, and they were buying the rights to the Star Wars franchise so they could expand. And really, their app is kid stuff and Star Wars, and that's cool. And and the Disney Plus app is actually I like it better than any of the other streaming apps. It's very user friendly. I like the option of skipping intros, skipping begin. I mean, they give you it's pretty clean. I like it. That's good. You know, Netflix. There's a lot of bugs in Netflix. Netflix or Netflix is just chaos. There's too much. I spend 45 minutes trying to pick a show, and then by the time I finally pick one, I'm over it. I agree. Netflix. Netflix, your least favorite name? Uh, no, I usually go between YouTube TV and Netflix. Netflix seems to be pretty flawless. It's it's the oldest and most well built application. I think the worst one is HBO Max. If you ever use that. Um, that oh. one's terrible. Oh, see, I, I, I like, I like HBO max. I find it very, very clean. It's, uh, the there's, yeah, I haven't had any hiccups with it and I like the black and the purple. I think that's cool colors. Yeah. Well, I'm not even talking about like the colors. I'm just talking about <laughs> it working like HBO max never works. Oh. Um, and they always have bugs and the, the apps kind of sucks, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it looks nice. What are you laughing at? The colors? <laughs> Yeah, it does have pretty colors. What's important? <laughs> it's it's random. It looks nice. It doesn't work good. But Bailey's like, doesn't matter. It looks pretty. It's a, <laughs> color, the color scheme is important, Nate. Would you not agree the color scheme is important? Yeah, I mean, that that is a job now. Um, exactly. But, color scheme coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a uh, user experience, user um, UX, UI kind of thing, interaction. And Disney Plus is uh, the colors. It's like a midnight blue with a little bit of a white sprinkle. Very nostalgic. Yeah, very nostalgic Disney. It's you know they'll have a little bit of that kind of magenta thrown into the the, the midnight blue. Very beautiful colors. But you're uh, right, Disney. It breaks it down. You have like the Star Wars section. Yeah. 
you have like the National Geographic section. Like you can go old school Disney movies. Yeah, I like it. Uh, something else that you guys should uh, take a peek at. This is free on YouTube. And um, I saw an article about this. Uh, this was about a couple weeks ago. And I forgot that I would put it in my little show notes. And I went back and, and I watched it again. And I don't know if you're familiar with the the Whitaker family. Have you guys ever heard of the Whitaker family that they live in Odd, West Virginia? Odd, West Virginia? Is that the inbred people? Yeah. Out of everybody yeah. on the show, I figured you'd know, Brandon. <laughs> it's my cousins. <laughs> I believe that. How do you know about them? Uh, I watched the thing on YouTube about them, that guy. Yeah. Is yeah. it the one that barks? That guy that barks? Yeah. So this, uh, Nate, are you familiar with the Whitakers? Yeah, yeah, oh, I am. Okay, Jill? No? I am not. Okay, that, th- this will be good for you then when <laughs> I play this audio. So this documentarian, I, I forget the guy's name, he has visited the Whitakers a couple different times, and they live in a place called, I mean, the irony there, Odd, West Virginia. <laughs> I mean, literally, they live in Odd, West Virginia. How crazy is that? Um, so I'm trying to find the... Uh... the guy Is the guy with Vice? Uh, is he with vice? I thought he was, or maybe there was one similar to it, but I thought he was with vice vice does really good work. I, I, I love the vice, the everything on vice. I love that entire network. I like how they do their news and I like the, the, the young people that, that tell the news now. I mean, granted it slants a little bit left and sometimes is a little bit too left and too progressive for me, but I I like how they deliver it and and I can appreciate what they're trying to do. Um, but they are kind of the rebellious network, you know, the, we're vice, we're going to send the 22 year old out in the middle of Ukraine while it's being bombed by Russia. And they're going to report back how climate change is being affected. You know, that's, that's what they do. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, oh yeah. Shit. I don't have the story. I was trying to find the documentarian's name. I'd sent the article to myself, um, for that reason. So I was going to try to get him on. Anyway, so there's this family, and the, the story is, is that they're they're inbred. Generation after generation, they keep fucking each other and keep having little fucking inbred babies. And as everybody knows, if you bang somebody in your family, your sister, and you have a baby, there's a really good chance that that kid's going to be fucked up. So they, they, they live in this shack. I mean, poverty is not even the word to use what they live in in odd West Virginia. The neighbors know that they're screwy, but they they're not harmful people. They they don't harm anybody. The neighbors actually protect them. Now you can search for the Whitaker family on YouTube and watch this for free. It's like only 12 and a half minutes long. It's not that it's not that long. Cause there's not much there's only so much this guy could do. He was trying his best to pull out shit from the family, but he ain't getting much. Um, so some of the audio is going to be a little bit low. So I, I took the entire documentary and I made it about a minute and a half long. Uh, the God, I forgot to, to change this too, but hold on, let me uh, let me do this real quick. Uh, but the, there's there's the mother, right? The, who are the characters? There's the mother. There's the um, yeah, pause. That's what I want. There's the mother, there's the brothers, and then there's like a sister, and they just all sit out on the porch. That's all they do. They just sit out on a porch and they and they and they they just bark at each other. And this is what I mean by bark at each other. <laughs> 
That's the brother. Like, literally, that's how he talks. He can't talk. He doesn't speak sentences, words, nothing. I'm sorry. What's who's this? His name's Ray. Ray. I remember Ray. I photographed you, Ray. Do you remember? Years ago. And your name is Lorraine. Lorraine. And Timmy. Yeah. Now you got. Now there is a dog in the background. There's a couple of them, but for the most part, that's the guy barking. <laughs> and and they speak perfect English. Yeah, they speak per- perfect English. <laughs> Does he only bark? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What's who's this? His name's Ray. Ray. I remember Ray. I photographed you, Ray. Do you remember? Years ago. And your name is Lorraine. Lorraine. And Timmy. Yeah. Now you guys grew up here in in, uh, in Odd, West Virginia. So Ray, what? Tell, tell me where you. Tell me how 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 old are you? How old are you? How old? What are you, what are you eating tonight for dinner? Come on, right on Tell tell me about your brother. But there's one of the brothers that's missing now. Well, one of my brothers died. That's what I'm saying. Who, who is that? Freddie. Freddie, that's right. Freddie's gone. You know, I hear stories about your family, that your parents were brother or sister or, or cousins or something like that. Nothing like that? But the, but the, the mental disorder that, that Ray has, what, what is that from? I don't know. I don't know what I call it. But, but Freddie and Ray and Timmy are both kind of have that same, and, and Lorraine too has the same thing. What do, what do you suppose that the cause of that might have been? I don't know what caused it. You don't know? Ray, do you remember your brother Freddie? Yeah, that's it right there. That's the that's the document. It's the the documentary in a minute and a half for the most part. Is but the visual is just. I mean, it's amazing. Like this exists. I mean, there's a bunch of these types of videos out there, and they're all in West Virginia, where the men are men and the sheep are scared. I mean, that's kind of the joke if you've ever lived up uh, in the Northeast and you talk about West Virginia. It's where the men are men and the sheep are scared. It's it's just a totally different world. Uh, it's like that in the mountains of Kentucky. Those are the two places that the, the hills have eyes people live. They're that's all f- exactly what I was envisioning in my head was yeah. the hills have eyes. That's, I mean, I think that's what the hills have eyes is kind of based off of an inbred family that sucked up some, you know, nuclear gas or something. Uh, but the, these, like, you look at their faces, you know, like when you see those uh, old school old man puppets that are all squished together. And you know what I'm talking about? They're like uh, pantyhose, like type of dolls and their faces are all squishy like this that's these people in real life that's what they look like in real life their faces are all squishy their skin's a different color and tone and it's just weird um like at what point do you go this isn't normal this isn't like we need to change this this is not my my brother's barking all the time. He doesn't talk to me. He just barks at me. Something's not right. They've got television. They have to see what the the rest of the world is doing. At what point do you kind of pump the brakes?
But if that's all you know, I mean, you just, you're born and your brother's barking, like, you might just think it's normal. Maybe they don't have TV. I can imagine. No, they them. do have TV. Oh, they do? Yeah, okay, they're watching then it. I have yeah. no idea what their excuse is. Nate, do you know when you pump the brakes <laughs> on this? I don't know either. But do they know, I mean, this would have had to have been going on for, for like a hundred years for them to actually, for the inbred to actually take effect. So... I, I feel like there's some other issues going on here in general. And they're, I don't think it's just from inbreeding. I think that there's some family condition that they're just passing down. What condition uh, would that be? I don't know. Like whatever, like if you have, you know, sickle cell or diabetes or something like that, that is just like a hereditary thing. Like I, I think that they're just passing it down because there's other, I mean, the royalty are famously known for only breeding within their family to keep the bloodline going. And they they weren't up on the throne barking. So I think there's some other condition that's happening here. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good point. You are correct. Like the Roman Empire and the Greeks and all that stuff. Yeah, they they would yeah. they would they would bang each other cuz that's how they thought that they would keep their bloodline pure for the next in line. Uh but somewhere around somewhere along the way, they had a cyclops baby and they shipped him off to some cave, which made for a great story <laughs> in Beowulf. The alien. <laughs> the alien. <laughs> it's like, oh man, we got another one of those kids. All right, let's ship him off to the cave of the other weirdos. And that's where all the mythical stories of the sirens and the cyclops and the you know, all that shit came from is from inbreeding. What if we found that out? Like all the Greek mythology that we know it's be, it, like the, you know when Be- when when beowulf is sailing uh in the strait and the sirens are on the shore making that noise and in order to get through that area they have to put wax in their ears what if the sirens weren't these mythical creatures that had the screeching v- sound that came out of that what if they were <laughs> what if they were that <laughs> What if they were the inbred kids left from the royal family uh, and they were like, God, we can't sail another fucking five minutes with this noise on the side. Let's get some wax. And and then some guy's like, oh, no, let's call them sirens. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. And for years, down, hundreds of years down the road, people are going to think that they're actual sirens. And this is the way we were able to get through them. And the Cyclops, you know, you go to the cave and what do you see at the cave? (laughs) It's not really a cyclops. It's the royal family's challenged son from inbreeding. That's what it was. Uh, yeah, maybe you got a point there, Nate. Oh, sorry. There he's back again. His, his bark makes, uh, it, it reminds me of Blue from old school. Yeah. And and you know what? They kind of look like Blue from old school. That's the look I'm talking about, that, that old scrunchy, you know, face. Can you imagine yeah. how bad their hygiene is, too? And it's sad. Oh. I'm not making fun. Please don't think... It's just, it's very sad to know that that exists. It's shocking. They remind, they remind me of, do you remember those commercials and it was the bitter beer face? Uh-huh. And they'd like try a bad beer and they their face would get all weird. Mm-hmm. That's what they look like to me. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon's sitting there going, what the fuck are you guys talking about? This is so normal. I don't, like, when I go to Kentucky and visit my mom, like the rest of our family there, you know, I'm like, hey, Uncle, uh, Uncle uh, Buck. <laughs> And he barks back at me. Hey, Brennan. That's Uncle Buck right there, right? You got family like yeah. this, Brennan, in Kentucky? No, nah, they live all on the west end of Kentucky. But the east side, oh, dude, the east side is bad. There's like, there's an area my cousin was telling me about. There's like radioactive over there, and the people there are really, really sick and weird. 
scary. Like, it's like wh- legit hills have eyes. When you say east side and west side, you're talking about east side, west side of a mountain or the state? State. The state. So the east side uh-huh. of Kentucky, well, I'm not familiar with Kentucky and the layout. Is there any big cities over there, Lexington or any of those places? Uh, no, Lexington and Louisville are all on the left side. Okay, so the right side is the state of Kentucky. At the very beginning, they're like, okay, we're going to put the normal people in the middle to the left. The whack jobs are going to the right. <laughs> is that yeah. what it is? Okay. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> were, were the mountains more on the east side or the west side? Uh, I'm not sure where the mountains are. I've never seen mountains in Kentucky. Are there not mountains in Kentucky? I thought there were. I think the Appalachian may go up the right side of it a little bit. I'm pretty sure there are mountains in Kentucky. I'm almost positive. Maybe the Appalachian, right? Yeah. And that's where the, uh, the reason I say that is that that's where these types of people usually live. For some reason, they need elevation. I don't know why. I have <laughs> less no, air. Yeah, l- less air. I have no idea. Maybe <laughs> that, it's like a thing. But I mean, think about it. hills have eyes. They're in the hills, right? They got to be in the hills. West Virginia, it's all mountains in West Virginia for the most part. These people live at the top of the mountain. Uh, so there's something to be said about elevation and inbreeding, 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 not inbreeding, being inbred. Yeah. yeah. They're the classier um, Alabamians. They moved up to the mountains. <laughs> They're fancier. Yeah. What's uh, Have you ever met anybody from eastern Kentucky, Brandon? Uh, No, no, I have not. They- we, like I said, we don't really go over that area. I stay away from there. Is is that the rumor? It's like, don't go to the east side. Yeah. I mean, my cousin told me the story. I looked it up years ago, and I think I proved that it was real. But it was like some kind of nuclear area or nuclear or radioactive town over there on the east side of Kentucky. And all the people there got bad problems. Was there a leak that no one knows about? Because we've, was- we've only had one nuclear situation that the public knows about and the public doesn't even know the whole full story according to the latest documentary and that's uh um uh the 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 long eye um Some of the one, like North the Aaron Carolina? Brockovich one is yeah. that what you're talking about no 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 that was chemical waste um this was what's the the 79 the the leak Pennsylvania mile uh, no, a three mile island. Three mile island. Thank you very much. Three mile island. Yeah, I just watched that. That was terrifying. I didn't realize Horrible. all that happened. Horrible. It's a really good documentary. And they release a lot of information. Unfortunately, 50 years later, nobody gives a damn. But those, yeah. those people, you talk about a generation of people that have to suffer because of the, the dumb dumbness of the people running that joint. That's sad. Just like Chernobyl. You know, Cher- Chernobyl's still active. Like, I, I think it's still, I think there's still some, like, that's why the U- Ukraine and Russia, when they're fighting and they're, they're at Chernobyl, they're using Chernobyl as a, as, as a shield, you know, I, who told us that? W- wasn't it, uh, it was uh, Charlie Tango that came on. I think he told us that when we talked to him and he was over in the, one of the guys we talked to in Ukraine, they're using it as a shield because you don't want to fire at Chernobyl. <laughs> that's just going to be yeah. bad. That's going to be bad for everybody. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of nuts. Um, what kind of stories have you heard of these Kentucky people? Uh, I just heard they got like weird skin and they get, they're all deformed and they're kind of aggressive. Oh, they'll, they'll go after you. Will they eat you? They bite you? I don't know for sure, man. It's kind of scary. I kind of do want to go out there and see them. Maybe have like a, a pole and a net, you know? Yeah. They, do they bark? I don't know. I bet they do. Yeah, I bet you they do too. I mean, like hiss, maybe. The, I think every state, though, has a place where there's an odd group of people. Like, I don't want to come across as I'm making fun of them because it's not their fault uh, for the most part, right? But I think every state, I mean, you go to North Georgia, 
There's a, it's a di- it's a it's a different type of people up there. Sure is. I got to tell you, different mentality. Uh, I'm not saying for better or for worse, but it's just different. And I've met some some characters that live up on the mountains, and that left you know just wanted to be off the grid. And they're 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 they are aggressive. I mean, those are the types of people that would show up with uh, with any gun that they had to fight for their land and that kind of thing. I mean, they 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 don't have cell phones. They don't they don't do the internet. They live off the land. I mean, I, I met those people up there. Uh, I mean, they're they're really close to civilization, but they're they're living off the land. There's some interesting dudes up there. Every state's got it. I know Florida does. I remember I remember. In college, I would have to drive, and I'm using a map, like, you know, no nav, obviously, at the time. So I load up the 8800 Prelude SI. I put my Case Logic uh, CDs uh, in the driver or the passenger side. I've got them organized for the road trip of about eight hours of what CD. So you're looking at about eight CDs that you have that's going to be that. That was your playlist, right? The order that you had in your Case Logic. And then I had, you know, the back is filled with clothes and a large television and shoes and coming home. And then I would have my Rand McNally map and I would be using that. And then I have my spitter uh, and, a, and a big gulp. And, and that was the ride, right? On bald tires. Like if I, I'm surprised I didn't die. My mom didn't give a damn. She probably would have felt no remorse if I did die. So going home, you know, a lot of times I would take different ways just to explore and, you know, I'm looking at the map and I'm drawing, you know, I map it out beforehand and I'm like, okay, take this line, take this line, take this line. So you got to pay attention and, and you're looking and you take these little off roads and then you find yourself in the middle of nowhere and you want to make sure you got gas because you don't really want to stop. But sometimes you got to stop. There's just, you can't, can't do anything about it. I remember stopping and I don't remember what town this was, but it was in Florida and I've lived in Florida most of my life, pretty familiar with just about every inch from I don't know, uh, you know, from the panhandle down, not necessarily the panhandle, but the panhandle down, pretty good with it. And I stopped to get gas and I had to pay inside and I walked inside to pay cash. And this woman behind the counter tells me how much my gas is. And she has got, I kid you not, a full goatee. She's got a full goatee. She's got a, and it's a woman. It's not a, it's not a trans. That wasn't a thing then. This is a woman with, it's not trimmed. It's just, that's the hair on her face. She's got a mustache and it kind of wraps around down. And then she had hair on her chin. And I'm not talking about a big hanging goatee. I'm just talking about there was black hair and it wasn't stubble. It was, it was, it was a little long and it was just all frisky, you know, curled up kind of. And she was like, it's $12, please. I'm like, all right. Also, can I get a can of dip and a big gulp? She's like, yeah, Milky Way. I'm like, okay. So I walked out. I'll never forget that woman's face, dude. I kid you not. So I think my point is, is every state has got that part of town. Also in uh, Gibsonton, down uh, by Tampa, that's where all the carnival, or the carnies would live. That's where Lobster Boy lived. You knew that, right, Nate? Yeah. Yeah, that's where they, they trained and lived. They trained and lived. So if you were to drive through, because we lived right by Gibsonton at one time for two years. We lived in Riverview, which is just south of Brandon, outside of Tampa, when I was working in Tampa at 98 Rock. And and I heard, like, when I, and I lived in Sarasota forever. I never heard of Gibsonton. It's Gibsonton, right? That's the right city? 
Uh, let me double check. Hey, Jill, have you ever heard of Lobster Boy? I have not. Okay, so I can assume. Does he have like? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shockers. On. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his hands. Well, he, it's a deformity, of course, and his his hands came out like claws, like legit. They looked like the meat in a crab claw or they a had lobster. A character claw. like that on American Horror Story. Uh, yeah, he was actually they, they, he was based they, off of Lobster Boy. I think that took place in Florida too. Yeah, they, they, I think that that American Horror Story was was the the crew in Gibsonton, okay. Florida, because they were all traveling carnies. I was about to say carny people. They're up there with mountain people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but 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 what do you do? You're born with a deformity. The society is going to shun you. No job is going to hire you because you have fucking claw hands. Right? Capitalize on it. You're you're not you're not going to win that in the in the courtroom. You're not going to say it's not a protected class claw hand people. So you you know what do you do? You go for the easy money. <laughs> you get a job and you, you join the circus. Why not? You then have fans and they're coming to see you and they're paying money to see you and you get to travel and well, can't be that bad, right? That guy would be huge on TikTok nowadays. Oh my god, that's another thing. The the carnies should totally like. You don't see the deformities on TikTok. Oh yeah, you do. Remember we on the radio on the radio show we talked to that guy that didn't have a collarbone that connected, and so he could touch his shoulders together, and he would do weird TikTok videos. Yeah, we clap his shoulders. Why did we talk to him? What was that? Just you clap his shoulders together? Oh, that's right. And he claps on the radio. That's right. That was fun. That was the that was the only reason we had him on is to hear him clap his shoulders on the radio. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, I bet you he is making so much money. Yeah, but it's not a thing because you know we live in such a PC world. If somebody with a deformity, even if it's their deformity, is making light of it, people are going to be upset, and they would probably. Probably so. Most social media platforms would probably ban them, or or uh, uh, what is it? Um, put them in, you know, social police or whatever yeah, it is. Shadow ban or whatever. I don't know. I feel like they they're this is the best time for them. They're one of the most famous girls on TikTok is that that chick with Tourette's, and she just kind of shows what how her daily life is. So I think a lot of these uh, uh, would be great for TikTok because they can uh, you know highlight their disability and bring light to it. Wait a minute, tell me more about the Tourette's girl. Brandon, you know who I'm talking about? That, like, maybe 20s, I think she is. I feel like I've seen uh, who you're talking about or so- another one couple. like it. I know there's a couple. Is she, like, the winded up girl? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she just goes <laughs> to shows what, what she does throughout her life and her day, and she's, like, flipping little kids off to their face and <laughs> staying on and just repeating things, and it's it's pretty uh, – Interesting. Does she does she have Tourette's? Um, like the because there's different types of Tourette's. Does she have the cussing Tourette's? Um, I don't. I mean, she does cuss, but I don't know if if there's different types. I think just different people have different ticks. What they mm-hmm. what they repeat. One of my favorite Jerry Springer episodes when it was real, right? Was and Jerry Springer Springer back in the '90s was must see TV, and we would in college, uh, everybody'd come into my 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 dorm room because I had a three-man dorm so I had like a suite and it was only me that stayed in there and and so they would all after football practice after lunch I think it was one o'clock we'd all get in my room and we'd watch Springer and then we'd play Nintendo and then we I think had to no then we go to then we go to practice right that was it and so we had class food Springer and it was a thing you know at the, at the highest moment of Jerry Springer Jerry Springer was the most popular guy in the world not just in the United States, in the world. 
he was a an icon, a cult classic. He was a god. And he would just have fucking freaks on his show. And he had this episode where he was talking about Tourette's. And he had, the panel was all different people from different walks of life that had different types of Tourette's. And there was this young girl, white girl, dressed in a, you know, nicely. And she when she spoke, she was very nice and very sweet. But her Tourette's were she would cuss. She would say, fuck, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And like, I mean, it was vicious. And she didn't know she was doing it. And then she would snap back out. And she was sitting next to a black man, an older black gentleman, that was in the military. And he was uh, in, his, in his military outfit. He, he had a bunch of, you know, stuff, things on his thing. So, and I, I forget what his Tourette's were. But they had people all different walks of life. And I'll never forget, they are talking to the girl and just out of nowhere. And I don't even think they beeped it. Or bleeped it. I don't. I don't remember. They were just like, "Fuck you, N word." If you're on fire, I wouldn't piss on you, fucker. Fucking N word. And I'm like, and then she just goes back and goes, "Yeah, sometimes it's very difficult for me to, you know, go and order food." And like, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that was like a shock factor to watch this on television. It's just you didn't see it every day. You know, Jerry Springer. We can probably credit with the downfall of society, but we enjoyed watching it fall. Uh, so that's good. But I, if I, I always say, you know, if you have a, if you're different, you shouldn't look at that as you being a minority or you being inferior to anybody. Cause everybody's weird in some, well, and I use the term loosely, but everybody's different in in every, in some type of way, right? You, if, if you take two quote unquote normal people, and I've said this forever because by uh, sociology standards, you cannot define normal. Because what is normal to me is not going to be normal to you. So that is one word you can never define as normal. You could yeah, say, you can. what's that? I said, yeah, you can. No, but, I don't know where you're reading this, but you can. By, if you've ever <laughs> taken a sociology class, it's one of the first things you're taught is that you can't define normal. I'm just telling you, that's what sociology says. Now, If a majority of people do something, that's normal. Th- that's not as, uh, as far as sociology goes. Now, I'm just talking about in a sociology standpoint. If you're a sociologist, you like just like a psychologist, you're going to have different ways of looking at things. Sociology is the study of groups of people versus psychology is the study of individuals. You cannot define normal in a sociology by definition in a sociology standpoint. That's all I'm, all I'm saying. Um, that's what they say, and there's some truth to that. There's also a lot of truth to what you just said, and I'm not going to disagree with you, and I think most people would agree with what you're saying. Normal is the majority. But then I ask you, how do you know what the majority is? You're not the majority. You're just a guy that thinks he knows the majority. You don't have any facts. You don't have any proof. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Like if you're listening to a heartbeat, a doctor can say it's abnormal because they know what a normal heartbeat sounds like because that's what the majority of hearts sound like. Okay, but as far as the, I'm not talking about actual tangible things. I'm talking about the the way you think, the way you do things. I'm not talking about, you know, dark hair, blonde hair, those kind of traits. I'm talking about mannerisms. That's what sociology and psychology, psychology is. They're not tangible things. They're not science like that. They're science as far as how you think, how you observe, how you act, how you react. That's what those two things are. That's weird. I don't know why you would think that. 
<laughs> think what? Just like, I mean, to think that there's not a normal, even if you're talking about those things, like, I don't think it's normal to be attracted to children, but there are people that think that way. So that would be abnormal to us. Be abnormal to you, but to them, it's not. Yeah, but to but if you're defining normal, it would be abnormal because it's not the majority of people. But that's but to them, yeah, normal. you're right. To them, it would be, but, but that would be an individual. It wouldn't be a group. I guess y'all are just saying that normal is relative. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. Or yes. It's, it's normal is relative and also subjective. So definitely subjective because yes, I, I mean, I would agree with you and I would say it is normal not to be attracted to children. Brandon, I don't even want to ask him because I don't know what his answer is going to be. Um, but if you go to a pedophile party, you know, they're going to go, dude, it's so normal. Just the world hasn't caught up with us yet. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> I've talked to a pedophile before for about three hours on the radio. And they did not, they, they, they just lived in fear because they think that this is part, uh, this is, it's normal for them to have that sexual attraction. Just like a lot of people would say it's not normal for one man to love another man sexually. Right. There's a lot of people like that. That's that's a great example because you're going to say, are you going to say that's normal? You're going to say that's abnormal. It's normal. It's normal, it, but it's not the majority of people. The majority of people in this world are not gay. Yeah, but it's uh, it's still an option. It's the majority of options. It's an accepted option for the most mm. part. OK, it's an accepted option. So but 15, 20 years ago, it was not. So the gay community fought for it to be an accepted option by, you know, saying, hey, look, we're here, we're queer, we ain't going anywhere. And, and they won. Thank God they won, right? Because they're not hurting, hurting anyone. Um, right. But they fought for the right to be, as you said, normal. But by definition, in the sense of what we're talking about, it's abnormal because it's not the majority of people. That's what you said before. You said by definition, be the majority. That's not the majority. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're asking, would it be a normal to be gay, then no, because it's not the majority. But if it's an option that's accepted by, mo then it's normal to to accept that. I'm making a lot of sense right now, and you know it. I know. I can see yeah, it in your eyes. Really. <laughs> You've been trying to fight this point for years, and <laughs> I can see it. I, do I make any sense to anyone here? I think y'all both make sense. I don't know. It's Who like I said. You? It's all relative. It's going to be skewed one way or another. Like you're never going to have like the full population of people. Right, let, let me let me explain something to you on this show. We're getting really in you, depth. You're 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 you're, 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 you're either early. you're either on the good side or the bad side. There's no in the middle. All right. In this case, I'm the good side. Nate's the bad side. Ah, gotcha. Okay. There's there's no playing the normal side. There's there's not playing the middle card here. See, so watch this, Brandon. Don't making any sense here. Well, see, I kind of thought about the, if you live somewhere where it's really shitty weather and you go there, like, say you want to go to Washington, the state, and you're like, damn, this is shitty fucking weather. Someone's just like, oh, nope, this is normal, you know? It's normal to them. Yeah. But not to the majority of people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess in the, I guess if you broke it down to the majority of the people in the state, if you're just talking about people in general, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, is Christianity normal? I mean, if you compare it on a world scale, maybe not. So outside of this back and forth with us right now, next time you get high, not drunk, high, like marijuana high, have this conversation. It's one of the best you can ever have. It never ends. I mean, we could continue to go back and forth and give examples and wow. try to one up each other. But when you're high, 
this conversation goes to a new level. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you're like, what you consider normal when you're high is nowhere near what you consider normal when you're not high. <laughs> it's a different world. It's what a fun is world. normal? You know, yeah. Oh, see, look at that. Look at that. What is what normal? What is normal? What is normal? <laughs> but Brandon, about the weather, it's normal for that area. So that would be normal. It doesn't matter about the person. It's the weather that's in that area. But it's not normal to the majority of people. That's what's what you really You can always argue oh, yes. that. Yeah, it's normal there, but it's not normal other places. Jill, you don't right. know what you're talking about right now. Yes, it's what, it depends what majority you're talking about. Yes. Well, the majority of the weather that happens in that state, that would be normal. <laughs> no, he's doing the majority, <laughs> majority, no, he's majority talking of the, the weather in that state. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I said I had an everything's better with fuck. I'm very excited for this week's Joel Osteen version. <laughs> Whatever we do, it's better with fuck. What? Everything's better with the fuck. And a big thanks to Chef Erica Nicole Day. Are you ready to give a fuck about your health? Then check out Chef Erica at ericanicoleday.com. That is E-R-I-C-A, nicoleday.com. Experienced culinary medicine consultant, private chef with medical and high-end restaurant background available for consulting on meal planning for weight loss. Brandon, uh, helping with medical conditions or strict macros for bodybuilding. That's not you, Brandon. Fitness training. It's not you either. So weight loss would be good for you. Erica Nicole day.com chef Erica. She's a sweet woman. Very sweet woman. All right. Uh, Joel Osteen, the uh, preacher man, very rich. I believe his wife is a very hot piece of ass because that's what most of the televangelists have, hot ass hot ass wives. Uh, but I like Joel Osteen. I've kind of been hooked on Joel Osteen for a very long time. What? He was the one that had all the money hidden away in his church, right? Yeah. When, when they, money. What, well, okay. So, yeah, the money went missing years prior. I think, yeah, the money went missing years prior. And they were, they were doing some, like, renovations in the bathroom. And they found the exact same amount of money behind the wall, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he never got popped for it because I'm, I'm sure he fought. He's like, somebody stole it. And that's where they hit it. You know, I don't know. I'd like to try to think the best for Joel Osteen. Nate, you're familiar with uh, old Joel? Yep. Okay, good. Jill, you know who Joel is? Sure do. My okay. parents love him. All right, there you go. Your parents Baptist? Uh, my mom was. My dad was Methodist. Or I guess are. Why do I say it in past tense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What, is she, what do you mean were? What, what is she now? She, uh, she kind of... I guess now they're more like non denominational, but she no. was raised Methodist. Gotcha. She's not satanic. Or no, she was raised. No, no, no. Oh, okay. God, the opposite of that. All right. Uh, all right. So the first one, this is how this works, Jill. Uh, I've got four different clips here this week for Better with Fuck with Joel Osteen. This, by the way, recommended because I, I, I was I, I had three or four of them that just didn't work and I delete, 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 and I was doing all this work. I was like, fuck it, I'll go to the Facebook page. So I went to the Two Percenters Facebook page, and you guys came through strong. I mean, I have suggestions for months, uh, but this one was from Marshall Boyd. So thank you to, to Two Percenter Marshall Boyd for this suggestion. All right, so I'm going to play these clips, 1 to 10, 10 being the best. Mm-hmm. You're going to rate them, okay? Everybody's going to rate them. We'll go Nate, Brandon, you, and the winner of the clips will get played again. That's the, that's the big payoff. Okay, here's your first one. I like to start with something funny, and I heard about these three pastors that were in a boat on a lake fucking together. One of them said, we never get to let our hair down. Let's each tell the area that we struggle in the most, our greatest sin, so we can pray for each other. 
The first pastor said, I hate to admit this, but I have a problem with fuck. Sometimes I sneak out at night and fuck. All right, what do you think? These are good. I'm telling you, I'm very proud of these. Nate? <laughs> I, I like that one. The, the first fuck was very well placed. I will give that an eight. An eight. All right, let me write these down. Eight. All right, Brandon? Yeah, that was a good place fuck, and it kind of tied it in more with letting the hair down. But I'm definitely going to have to praise some after this episode. But uh, I'd give it a – I'd go – I'll start with an eight. All right, nice. Jill? I gave it a seven. Seven. Ooh, who invited you? All right, <laughs> next one. Here we go. But he says – I've saved the best for next. The best position, the best relationship, the best. You have more than you've ever had. Oh, so early applause. Sorry, I forgot it. Got hit a little, a little at the end. <laughs> Nate, what do you think? Uh, I, I like the first one a little bit better. Um, so I'm going to give that one a seven. Ooh, going down. Brandon. Yep, I was thinking the same thing. Not as good as the last one. Oh, right. I like give that one seven. better. All right, Jill. I give it an eight. All right, Jill, the opposite of y'all. All right, here, next one. <laughs> no more vision. No more hell. That's okay. There are seasons when you come to an end. You run out of a good fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Nice, nice, nice little pause there before the fuck. Uh, Nate. Um, I think that one, I, I liked it better than the, the last one. So I will go back to an eight for that guy. Wow. All right. Jill. I mean, I, Brandon, sorry. Uh, it's about, about the same as the last one to me. I'm giving it a seven again. Oof. All right. I liked it a little bit better than the last one. So I'll give it an eight and a half. Yeah. There's no halves. Oh, there's no halves. No, there's no halves. Can I give it an eight? You can give it an eight. Okay. Yeah. I'll let it tie with the last one. Well. Okay. Give it an eight. So this is the last one here. Joel Osteen, better with fuck. Here we go. You're going to look back and say like that host, you've saved the best fuck for now. That person that walked away, don't get bitter. They had to go so the best fuck could show up. <laughs> That's strong. <laughs> get the friction on. Nate. Uh, I'm going to go nine on that one. That was really good. I like I liked the fucks. Yeah, there you go. Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that was my favorite. I'm going to give it a nine. All right. And Jill. Same. Nine. Nine. All right. That's the winner. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, better with fuck Joel Osteen. Oh, four. <laughs> you get played again. You're going to look back and say like that host, you've saved the best fuck for now. That person that walked away, don't get bitter. They had to go so the best fuck could show up. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this the other day is uh, now that we, oh, I was saying this in the first segment, This now that we've opened up the podcast uh, for the most part to non-subscribers, you know, we're doing the commercial free for subscribers plus the bonus shows and the giveaways and stuff, you know, so I think we're, we're, we're doing it right now, right? We're still going to tweak and learn and we're getting ready to add a, a new episode uh, for uh, everyone, but uh, you'll see it when we do that. But anyway, and now, you know, because industry people, when I say industry people, radio people, I know they've listened this week because I've had some of them reach out to me and because it's free, you cheap fucking bastards. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> you and, and some of you guys have a lot of money. I know you do. And I, I don't know some of the people that that reached out. I mean, I know of them, but I don't know them well, but I know they have some money. They could have paid the fucking four ninety nine if they really wanted to hear what we were doing. And I've gotten good feedback from these people. Not that I'm doing this podcast to try to get a radio job. Don't get it twisted. I'm not. But I appreciate my peers enjoying what we do. 
And I was thinking after I got a couple of these emails this week, you know, they're just kind of like, you know, wow, you've really created something cool. It show it sounds really good. Um, sounds better than when you were at, uh, you sound more comfortable. You sound like you're enjoying your, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And, and I was thinking, I'm going, when they hear this, <laughs> cause this will be the first time they hear this. When they hear the better with fuck bit, are they going to go, Oh, that's just not good. <laughs> or are they going to go, wow, that's really clever. How could we put that on terrestrial radio? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. So <laughs> I thought about that the other day. It was funny. It's uh, it's amazing. You know, it was, it was kind of, I thought about this Nate before, you know, when we were kicking around the idea of, of doing what we're doing with, with the, the project is how many, you know, obviously we did it for more people to listen and not everybody's going to want to subscribe. And I get that. That's cool. A lot of people don't want to pay for content. That's fine. It, but now that more people are listening to, to us and whether they like it or not, or just kind of testing it out or, or whatnot. But like, I, I, I is, is it really that much money? I mean, if you enjoyed Wednesday's show, like, is it really that big of a deal? Like I, I would pay, for, I, I do pay four ninety nine for this. I pay for my own podcast. I pay for your podcast. Jill pays for my <laughs> podcast. You know, I mean, like support. Is it is it is it that big of a deal? I mean, I, I don't think it is. Why why is it tough for people to pull the trigger? People don't have a problem pulling the trigger on Disney Plus and Netflix and all this other shit. You know, six dollar coffee at Starbucks uh, twice a day. People don't have a problem doing that. So why is it big for podcasts? Whether it's mine, ours, or somebody else's, I just don't understand. Yeah, I think it's just the the mindset of paying for something that you've gotten for free, like with radio or whatnot. Because it's it's the same. It's all relative of how you look at it. Like I'm the same way with like uh, a beer or beer or restaurants. Like. Uh, I have a hard time going to a restaurant being like, God, that, that steak's like $40. I don't know if I, if I really need that, but then I'll go to a brewery and drink three flights and then take three, four packs home and spend like $80. And that's like no big fucking deal, you know? So I just think it's how you value certain things. Like the ATM fee. I have a problem with that. Hate an ATM fee. I don't have a problem going through $2,500 in one night at a casino <laughs> in BFE, North Carolina but don't you dare fucking charge me four ninety nine <laughs> <laughs> for the ATM. Don't fee. you dare! Don't you dare! I'll lose twenty five hundred bucks in two hours, like it ain't nothing, and I'll sleep like a baby. But you charge me four ninety nine to get that money out of my bank account? Go fuck yourself! <laughs> no. All right, let's get out of here, Nate. You got anything? Pay the five dollars and happy. Happy Friday, fuckers. Happy oh, Friday, wait. fuckers. Oh, my bad. It's all good. <laughs> and what, what were you saying, Brennan? I was going to say happy birthday, but that was earlier this week. <laughs> you got to get up earlier in the morning. Yeah, I'm just trying to promote his beer, uh, Chugs in Harmony, which is released every Friday. We post it on our social media, which hopefully everybody's going and subscribing to our YouTube page. There's tons, hours and hours of content. Brennan and Pee Wee do a fantastic job with the video work. Uh, and then like and share uh, Facebook, uh, the private Facebook group. Ask for uh, to be in it. We'll let you in it. And I don't think we've ever declined anybody. Uh, oh, by the way, Jeffrey Tucker, we want you back. He, I guess there was a back and forth with Jeffrey Tucker and some of the two percenters about the gun stuff. Uh, let it go. Don't beat people up, especially Jeffrey Tucker. He's got one arm and he's cool as shit. And we love Jeffrey Tucker, and we want Jeffrey Tucker back. But he, he feels a little 
I think, pushed out of the group. Some people turned on him because of his point of view. And I don't even know what his point of view was. I didn't see the thread. So, But we miss you, Jeffrey Tucker, on social media, and we want you back. We love you. You supported us from the very beginning. So please come back to us. Come back to us. Uh, but the Twitter, the TikTok, uh, we TikTok. The Twitter, we tweet. The Instagram, we Insta. Insta. And Facebook, we Facebook. So be a part of all that. All right, Brandon, you got anything? Uh, pull the berries off the trees before you eat them. There you go. All right, Jill. Uh, James Earl Jones is still alive, people. There you go. Look at that. All right, thanks. Have yourself great, safe rest of your day and weekend. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.